Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome along. It's Monday. It's the 24th of September. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Where did the weekend go? Blown away, umbrellas inside out. I didn't bring an umbrella today. I'll tell a lie, I did. I brought a little umbrella, just in case. In the papers today, happy birthday, Jack D. The Swiss voters backing the second Burka ban. Uh, Strictly's Karen, we don't have a surname, we think it's Clifton, but uh, she's having therapy over her split from her husband. What is it with these people? Are there such drips in this country now that, you know, normally you go, OK, I'm not going out with somebody anymore. If, if, if they do it on TOWIE, or in all these other sort of cheap-rate programmes with a lot of cheap, trashy people. They seem to go into complete meltdown over a relationship that splits up. You'd have thought they'd have been grateful. We've rescued them from somebody even more stupid than themselves. New blood tests could soon identify drivers who are too tired to be on the road. The mystery of the vanishing butterfly. The experience I had this morning, which means I'm probably going to have to go into therapy. I've seen a fellow member of cast half-naked. And I've had to write it down just to relive the moment. I mean, seriously, at my time of life, I'm not used to this kind of thing. I might as well tell you what it is now, get it over it while it's fresh in my mind. And believe you me, it is fresh in my mind. I came in and, and I thought, well, what do I fancy? I fancy a really boiling hot shower. So I pick up my little towel, my little, my little speedos, and, and I wander off downstairs because we have lots of showers in this building. It's very well catered for if you want to have a shower party. And the shower that I use downstairs is full of mirrors. So, of course, there's twice the embarrassment. You know, it's all right when you're standing in front of it. It's when you take your clothes off and you suddenly realise that that fat bloke standing there, you know, is yourself. And so I wander down the stairs. I'm sort of, I'm sort of thinking happy thoughts, you know, as one does. I'd already seen the, um, the producer who sets up the breakfast show, Alex. He's French, apparently. Obviously, they have different standards to the rest of us. But anyway, as you will discover. So he's sort of been there. Oh, hi. Goodbye. Uh, have a nice show. Yeah, bye bye. Or whatever. We don't say very much because I don't speak French. And um, so, you know, we sort of have this. Uh, I try and pick up odd words, you know, le chat noir and uh, things like that. And sous le pont d'Avignon. We get as far as that. Anyway, so I sort of wander down the stairs. and got my little bag with my towel in. My feet, and um, and I sort of and the the shower is on the next floor down, next to another one of our radio stations, and next to it is the biggest toilet in the entire world. I mean, you could you could have a, a party in this particular one. Anyway, I open the door to the shower room, only to be confronted by a half naked Alex, the French one, but I don't speak French, and so he's and he's, and I wasn't sure who was more shocked, me or him, and you know when you sort of go, oh sorry. But, in fact, I clutched my chest because I thought I was having a heart attack. I wasn't... Because I don't see anybody down in that part of the building at that time of the morning. It's gone two o'clock. In fact, it was it was probably about ten past two. And I don't normally see anybody down there at all. There's, there's cameras, there's, you know, bits and pieces to sort of protect me. And I'm, nothing at all. So the, the very shock of seeing somebody in the shower room standing on one leg, on one leg... Like we were obviously doing the Krypton Factor or something like that. So he's standing there and wondering, with no trousers on. No trousers on. And to be honest with you, I've racked my brains. I can't remember if he had pants on. I've racked my... He says he did, but I'm not totally convinced by that. He could have been wearing knickers. I mean, I don't know. You know, whatever it was, they weren't boxer shorts. That's a fact. Because there was quite a lot of his leg on display. And I remember thinking, oh, what, what tanned legs? You know, as you do, because I couldn't think of anything, anything. And so I was, uh, but I, and I was so shocked at seeing somebody. I sort of, I pushed the door shut. I thought, why didn't, why didn't he lock the door? And apparently, it turns out 
that he's, uh, he's got a fear of enclosed spaces. Well, I ha- I've got a fear of enclosed spaces, well, especially if somebody else is in them. And, uh, and so I, sort of, I came back upstairs again, thinking, I need a cup of tea and a brandy or something like that to calm me down. But instead, I booked myself into rehab, because I thought, it's Monday morning, I've got two interviews to do today. I don't need to have this image coming back into my mind every 30 seconds. It's almost like it's flashing in front of me, da, 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 down the stairs, turn the corner, open the door, woo, shut the door, go back up the stairs. That's how it works. I tell you, I can't wait for tomorrow. Got to be somebody, I reckon, by the time we get to tomorrow, apparently the story goes, this is what he was telling people, because I noticed he didn't come back onto my floor. He obviously disappeared out the cheap exit. He, d- he did, but I wasn't there. I was hiding in the, in the shower, the door locked, thinking he might come back. He might come back. It's one of those, you know, you know when, in all these horror films, they go, hide in the room, don't make a sound. And then you can hear them outside, and then they try and open the door. You No, no, I shall get the shower and Beat you over the bottom with it. And apparently he cycles. What not that had to do with it, I've got no idea. But apparently he was changing into his lycra. Well, I'm sorry. Not in a shower. Because when I went back into the shower, it was bone dry. So, of course, I didn't know about the changing into the gear for cycling. I mean, he could have actually gone into the toilet next door. I mean, so now I've got this image in my mind of somebody, you know, in my shower cubicle. I don't want to make a big deal about it, but, you know, in there, standing on one leg. I don't know if he was more surprised to see me or I was more surprised to see him. I did toy with the idea of going back in about five minutes, but I thought, no, no, he probably would have locked the door by that time. But I think he has a fear of being locked in. Not at all surprised. So that was the opening to the show this morning. So I went back upstairs. I thought, read, read the paper, Stephen. Read, read, just do anything. Have a cup of tea. Have a sandwich. Calm yourself down. Because you're not... I mean, it's like being in sort of... I, I felt like I'd wandered into some sort of orgy. You know, when you go to these houses and they go, and in the top room, I think you'll find someone there willing to give you a spanking. You know, and then you open the door and there is that... You know, I don't think so. And you shut the door again. Wander back to the kitchen for some volivants and some twiglets. You know, much easier. But as I say, Twiglets, again, that's reminded me of Alex again, you know, in the in the shower with, with the mirrors. It's all very bizarre, isn't it, honestly? Every day, life becomes, you know, more and more interesting. Somebody said to me once, they said, does something happen every day of your life? Yep. Every single day. There's never a day goes by where something doesn't happen. So the last time I went with, with Paul to go to the circus. And so we sit there and there's kids all, we're, we're the only adults together. It made us look really odd, you know. So there's all these parents with kids, and we don't have any kids, quite clearly. And, uh, and we, we, we've got the huge bucket of popcorn and everything else. And it was great fun. Except at the end, I, and the, all the circus people come out and they throw balloons into the audience. And I, I grabbed a balloon. And I looked at it, and there's a little kid sitting opposite me, who's about four or five. And, um, and it, it was so funny, because she looked at me, he looked at my, my balloon, and I thought to myself... I'm going to have to give him my balloon, aren't I? So I gave him the balloon, you know, which he was... Kids are so grateful. Kids are so grateful. But, of course, as you now know, uh, in between the showman at Feltham, who the council want to get rid of, disgraceful, uh, over in Twickenham, the council want to stop the circus arriving on Twickenham Green. I began to wonder if maybe there was some new councillor who bought a property on the green and didn't want to see the delight of children's happy little faces coming out of Zippo's circus, because they loved it. You know, they had a big, fat clown there. But every time... Silly things where you go, they won't go for this. They're a bit more sophisticated. No, every time he fell over or the microphone hit him in the face, they were doubled up. The kid sitting in front of me, little, you know, probably about four or five, he was doubled up. I mean, you just thought, and you think, it's obviously a lot easier than I thought to be a a circus clown, but actually then I realised it isn't. It isn't. Uh, Why was the midwife sacked, says Paul? Babies don't speak English either. Oh, you stupid. 
She's a midwife. You're, you're, you're sort of del- you have to talk to people, don't you? But she doesn't speak English, so she had to go. It's as simple as that. She's lost her, uh, her case. And the case was held all in Polish. What's the point of that? I'm sorry, this is England. It's like, if you, if you go to Poland, do you think they're all going to go, OK, we all speak English here? No, you're going to be expected to speak Polish. Go and work in Germany, you're expected to speak German. Go to France, you're expected to speak French. It's called common sense for the intelligentsia. Your experience reminded me of what happened to me a few weeks ago, says Donnie. Whilst driving my little car in Eastbourne, a naked man rode past on a pushbike at 23.30. It was a warm night. One can only imagine the chafing on the buttocks. Oh, dear. I'm not sure about that idea. We have that... The naked bike ride, we have that in London. I told you, I was sitting there one time, up at number one London, and I was aware, in the corner of my eye, that there were people on bicycles. It wasn't until I looked sideways that I realised they were naked people on uh, on bicycles. Those lights changed three or four times before I moved the car. I just did... It was just... It's so odd to see... You just don't see things like that, do you? Yes. <laughs> do you know, I've not been on one of the new bicycles. They're the same old bicycles, just with different logos on, aren't they? I see some people, I think they've nicked them. I'm totally convinced, because they don't have that thing on the back. So I, I think people have pinched some of these bikes. Uh, I'm guessing you saw the picture of Katie Price on the front of the sun, smirking, whilst going into rehab. Uh, oh, I don't know. I, did I see that? I did see her going into rehab. But uh, she's going in on a, on a daily basis, apparently. And then her car broke down. I mean, to be honest with you, you'd never think she had a care in the world. I'd be glad when they repossessed the house. So much easier. And then, of course, Peter Andre had a gig the other night at a pub or something. I can't remember what it was. And, uh, and they said he, he looked worried because he'd heard that she'd gone into rehab. You do sometimes worry about Peter Andre. He's a bit of a drip, isn't he, at times? That's why he's actually looking after the children. His children. His children. It's not such a big surprise. Because, um, because she's incapable. Even though her mother goes, she's a really good mother. Quite clearly not. If she's going into rehab, quite clearly not. That doesn't seem to have stopped Daniela Westbrook, who uh, apparently has now got uh, some form of uh, of womb cancer. So she said, we don't know whether it's true. We don't know anything about it at all. But she was pictured out the other day with a photographer. So she's wandering out in an anorak and they put down what I thought. Wait a minute. If she's ill, should she not be in hospital? Is that not how it works? Uh, also, the, the couple who could be torn apart over care costs. There's so much today in the papers. The goodies release their uh, box set of DVDs for those people. Goody, goody, gum, yum, which is good. And uh, The Express have just published. They must have done it ages ago. It's in there, Five Things I Can't Live Without. And who is it today? Colleen Nolan. <laughs> Colleen Nolan. Strangely, never mentions bullying at all. But there you go. And, uh, you know, she mentions all these things, but, of course, she's not doing any of this. It's a load of old hooey, isn't it, really? Because she's, uh, she's at home. And then Cheryl. That's, that, that's the tweed. Yeah, way out because I'm worth it. But I can't find a boyfriend for love nor money, but I did find one a little while ago. Anyway, she turns up to another woman's wedding. It's the the wedding of the bloke who's producing the show that she might be doing. It's about dance. Although, to be honest with you, she can't dance for toffee, so it's another opportunity for her to sit there over-made up, as if she's going for a night on the town. And she turns up to the, this this bloke's wedding wearing the most inappropriate outfit you've ever seen. Perhaps, she, perhaps she's never been to a wedding. I can only assume, because she, she hasn't been to any of her own, has she? I wasn't actually aware she was married, but I'm sure she must have done it at some point. So she turns up looking like an upside-down Christmas tree decoration, completely overshadowing the bride. Completely overshadowing the bride. The bride must be delighted. What do you invite her for? 
because the bride doesn't even get a mention. The groom gets the mention, and Cheryl gets a mention. So they're turning up in the most ridiculous outfit. I mean, she can't have a clue, can she? I assume maybe she'd had a bottle of vodka or something and then put it on and go, it's uh, way very pretty. But it's not a wedding outfit. Wedding outfit for guests are, are tailored suits. You know, what she thought she was wearing, I've got no idea. It looks like she was turning up to sort of Closer Magazine's Award of the Year. Uh, also, Catherine Tilsley's got her first post-Corrie acting gig. It's the Littlewoods catalogue, so well done there. Apparently, she feels really sexy wearing it. Can't get an acting job, can you, love? And um, Animal Campaign... Two people complaining this morning. Uh, Far-left trolls want Maureen Lippman sacked because she's no fan of Corbyn. That'll be in keeping with loads of other people. And uh, Susanna Constantine, Animal Campaigners, want her booted off strictly for her pro-hunting stance. So, uh, I mean, you, know, you can't start going for that. Otherwise, you might as well be going, oh, anybody over five foot eight, get rid of them, or people under four foot three, all this sort of stupid thing. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't affect what they're doing. Anthony says, bodyguard or darts? Did you flip between the two? Neither. Neither. Long since in bed. Long since in bed. And uh, wouldn't be interested in the bodyguard, but I've got some updates on it for you, if you want to know. Except the producer who doesn't want Why did you not watch it last night? Why did you not... Oh, I've got work to do, honestly. But, uh, Steve, were you a fan of the the roly-polies? Yes, I like the roly-polies. Always appeared with Les Dawson. He was the one who, who pushed them. So I thought that was uh, good. Uh, I thought you might be interested in a DVD I bought about the Hollywood actress Hedy Lamarr. It's called Bombshell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's actually Hedy Lamarr. I mean, you'd have to be over a certain age to know exactly who she was. Most most people listening at the moment, because you're young, wouldn't have the faintest idea. Uh, work has begun on the new James Bond film. How will 007 appeal to the younger generation? And how did London Bridge end up in Arizona? Plus, we celebrate 60 years. Blue Peter. Yes, Blue Peter celebrates 60 years. And I bet you, to pound to a penny, you can't name the latest presenters unless you cheat. Because 99% of people wouldn't have the faintest idea who they were. And at one time, we knew who they were. Now, we don't know anybody. Did you get a badge? Did you get... There was a silver Blue Peter badge, a gold Blue Peter badge, which they handed out to the royal family like there's no tomorrow. You only get Princess Anne turning up. They get, have, have a gold badge, you know, because they were so so grateful. And uh, what was the other one, actually? Oh, Sid Owen praying for Daniela Westbrook. Well, she seemed all right yesterday. I think she should be in hospital. If, it, if it's that bad, she should definitely be in hospital and being being looked after. How she's going to afford it? I've got no... Oh, NHS, isn't it? <gasps> and then she'll sell the story afterwards. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Monday. You hate it, don't you, Monday? I love... I love Monday. absolutely love Monday. It's the opportunity to get everything off your chest that has been there since the beginning of the weekend. I like the story of a heroine's half a million pound will. You'll like that story a little bit later on. The taxman who told an old age pensioner he's dead. I mean, that's it. So you don't have to pay any tax. Why? You're dead. You don't exist. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn warns the rich they're on borrowed time. Good God, we're going back to the war years, are we now? Oh, if, if you've actually worked hard and got money, Jeremy Corbyn's going to take it off you. That'll alienate himself from about 80% of the country. I'm sorry, you've been working hard, have you? Well, we're taking that money. There's poor people out there. Do you remember the Egyptian Tramadol girl? This is the one who was going out with a boyfriend. I don't think they're going out anymore. And um, she, uh, she got all these Tramadol tablets. Well, in Egypt, Tramadol is banned because uh, addicts use it. Uh, she apparently didn't know this. He then, strangely enough, dropped her in it from a great height and said, had she said she was bringing Tramadol out for his bad back, although it didn't seem to be evident in court, um, it's a case of um, she got nicked at the airport. 
and so they sent her to prison for three years. She's had about, I think, two or three appeals. The latest one, seven High Court judges in Egypt have said, stay in prison. I mean, she was carrying something like 290 tablets, which, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if you're taking something in... So, in other words, your boyfriend, or whatever he was, you know, uh, said to her, oh, can you bring... I've got a really bad back. Can you bring me tramadol? Now, he's Egyptian. You would have thought, with half a brain cell, that he would say, but it's illegal over here. Otherwise, surely he'd be buying tramadol in Egypt. But he managed to find this sucker... And she got caught up. She managed to find somebody who would get rid of loads of it for her. And so 290 tablets. So she goes into court the other day for about the umpteenth of... She's complained about the conditions in the prison. But, you know, we don't believe a word of what she says. And um, and she she's lost the appeal. So she's got three years to do in prison. She won't do it again. Won't do it again. You know, it's... Uh, it's, it's a hard fact. You go to another country, you're supposed to check things. And if somebody says, surely, get me some tramadol, if indeed he even said, get me some tramadol, surely she would have checked and said, well, why, why can't, if she had half a brain, why can't you buy it in your own country? Because it's not like Egypt is a third world country. So I begin to wonder whether or not the whole thing was just a bit of a setup, and um, nobody won. They didn't, the, the, the tramadol get destroyed... And she's in prison. And she can stay there as far as I'm concerned. You know, if you don't check these things, that's your problem. Nothing to do with us. Nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with anybody. It's a case of you took 290 tablets in. They probably couldn't believe their luck at the airport. Couldn't believe it. Uh, 84850, uh Somebody says, like the late Quentin Crisp, it's, is it still possible to make a living doing personal appearances on the white wine and canapé circuit? Of course it is, Ian. What do you think the uh, that peculiar, uh, you know, uh, Rodrigo Alves? What, what do you think he does? He hasn't got any talent apart from he's been a bit of a Mary and he's had loads of, uh, of lo- loads of surgery. He's just undergone more surgery. Strangely enough, strangely enough, uh, left Essex at three a.m. says Dennis. Uh, uh, on the way to Bolton. Oh God! Actually, a friend of mine, Jimmy, was born here. The only reason I go, oh Bolton, it's because uh, because I know of Bolton. I've never been. I've never been at all, but it's interesting. You should say you're going to uh, going to Bolton. How lovely. Very nice. And uh, somebody says, what's uh, what's up with Daniela Westbrook? Who knows? Who knows? She's back on the coke. Every time she gets um, um, a sort of thing, she keeps saying the same old lines. It's like being trotted out by a parrot, really. I'm, I want to do this and, and get through this for the sake of my children. She's been saying that for about the last 15, 20 years. I remember when she was going out with Brian Harvey and she was a wreck. She was booked to do the Noel Edmonds crinkly bottom tour, which I was on as well. And she sat on the coach crying all the way through on a mobile phone. A pathetic waste of space, I'm afraid. Pathetic. Uh, Steve, it uh, sounds like another attention-seeking exercise by Katie Price. Shouldn't imagine so. You've got to pay for the... Uh, you talk about the Priory. No, you've got to pay for it. She's not staying. She's not staying. Uh, and also, Liz, she just talked about cocaine. I don't think she's ever done it. I think she'd be too stupid to do something like that. I mean, the trouble is, she's an attention seeker. Uh, we know that. She's never never had anything. She's got a huge mortgage on the house, which she owes on. Something like, I think, £200,000. She just hasn't bothered paying. She basically stuck two fingers up to the uh, to the company going, I haven't got any money, and if I ain't got any money in you, in haven't it? But they, they should really sell all her vehicles, get that house. It's still on the market. I don't understand why. If somebody came to me and said, right, right, Steve, you owe this much money, 
I'd be going, right, how am I going to get that money together? She couldn't give a forex. She's been on holiday. She's, uh, you know, she's done a little, yeah, look at me, aren't I clever? No, you're not. You're thick. Absolutely thick. You know, so she should have put that house on the market immediately. The kids aren't living there. There's only Harvey. You know, she she could downsize to site. There must be a sort of a, a rescued council house somewhere she could go into. But she thinks she's a, she's a force to be reckoned with. Finished years ago. Finished years ago. That's why there's no money. Put it this way, if you seem to think that there's anything that's gone on in her life that was of any importance, for God's sake, let me know. God's sake, let me know. Uh, Steve, I wanted to be John Noakes. Then I realised I hate heights, danger and dying young. Like Shep. I don't like Shep. I like Shep as well. I didn't think John Noakes died young. I thought he had a very good innings. Very good innings. He was in his... He was t- dangerous climbing up thick, but that's what they did. You know how much they got for that? And I knew at one point, 50 grand a year, that's all you got as a Blue Peter presenter, which actually, for what they expected you to do, was actually... Um, that was, was cheap. Uh, Dorothy says, I take Tramadol. You can only get it on prescription. How, sh- how could she get so many? That's the big question. Either way, it doesn't make any difference where it came from. It's the fact that she stupidly took it into a country where it's banned. That's like sort of turning up. I mean, you would know, wouldn't you, that if you took cocaine into Bali, they're going to kill you. OK, it's as simple as that. It's banned. It's one of those banned things, zero tolerance. And so she thought she was being really clever. Now you've got the, the family going on. Oh, it wasn't her fault. She didn't know. Well, I'm afraid it is her fault. It is her fault. If she's not intelligent enough to know that the boyfriend, who looks slightly suspect anyway, asked her to bring Tramadol in, if indeed he did, then why would he ask her to do that? Surely he'd just go to the chemist and buy it himself for a bad back. But no, I'll bring it for you. I'll bring it for you. I mean, the, the truth was they, they thought that she was, um, she was actually going to be selling it because it's obviously worth money. Obviously worth money, and probably you find people smuggle things every day of the week. Whether she did or not, I couldn't care less. She got nicked. She's three years in prison. She's lost her latest appeal. Not one judge, but seven. Seven judges. Do you know what it is this morning? Three months until a bell rings. It's about 90-something days, isn't it? 90 days, three three months. Uh, And when the bell rings, an angel gets its wings, and it's Christmas. Christmas. Actually, uh, in a very short uh, space of time, it'll be October. And it's, it's definitely colder this morning. Definitely colder this morning. And uh, the car's screwed up again. I thought I'd let you know that uh, we managed to get it changed to 1.45 in the morning collection. And it's now gone back to 2 o'clock. I can't quite work it out at all. It can't be that complicated, can it? Uh, what else we got? Oh, yes, don't let new drivers take their friends. So you pass your test in the morning. The next thing is you're around your mate's house. Come on, come on. In the... You've never driven with people in the car before, apart from the instructor. So they're going to try and stop that, which is a brilliant idea. Uh, also, Rick Astley, never going to give you up, never going to see you uh, admits he once ate 15 milky bars in a row. Fifth, they're not very big milky bars, are they? I mean, even so, 15 is quite a lot, I think. Uh, the Yorkshire Ripper, Peter Sutcliffe, is an incontinent wreck. Good. Good, 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 good. Let's hope you pass on very quickly. OK. And uh, why are the men on Ideal World so camp? The other day, two men sat on a bed, tried to sell the mattress, says Dave. Well, not camp. As far as I know, there's only one gay person on there. The rest are uh, all fiercely heterosexual, fiercely heterosexual. Yes, in fact, I can guarantee they're fiercely heterosexual because I, uh, I know quite a few on there. Have you ever been to a Crufts event? Well, I've watched The Only Way is Essex, if that's what you mean. Who's paying for Katie Price to spend time in the Priory? No idea. No, I, I, I really... I listen, I wish I could answer that question. She's got no money. It's as simple as that. She's not doing any work. She's not worked for ages. She just sits there staring into the distance. You'd think she'd get on her hands and knees and scrub that 
house clean. But, of course, because she's bone idle, she thinks that the money's going to flow down from trees or something. It's not. It's not. Peter says, sad, that some celebrities have to take cocaine just to feature in the papers and retain their Z-list celebrity status. Well, I don't have any sympathy for anybody who takes cocaine. I couldn't care less. Seriously, couldn't care less. I'm not remotely interested. Too stupid for words, Katie Price. Too stupid for words, Daniela Westbrook. Too stupid for words, Kerry Katona. I'm really not interested. I could, you, can, you can shove half a Columbia up your nose. Not, not my problem. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to five. Monday morning, Steve Allen's early breakfast. Uh, the Beaver have told Michaela Strachan, tits out, uh, Beaver's in. Which is OK, because they've got the new programme. And to be honest with you, and I don't know where to get this from, but uh, they're, they're sick of all the double entendres. So, you know, when you go, you know, tits like coconuts and all that kind of stuff, and now you've got all the beaver jokes, um, and so they, they put them in on the programme. We're, we're not stupid. We've all seen them before, and we've heard them before, uh, because people people use them all the time. But it's a bit dated now. But it's, it's her and um, what's-his-face, Packham, he likes to put in sort of, is it Smith songs or something? He's slightly. The Clash, that's right. He does all those sort of things. You think to yourself, perhaps they can't find proper presenters anymore. Saw Chicago at the Phoenix Theatre on Saturday. Very impressed. Alexandra Burt was excellent, says Nick. Well, of course she would be. I used an ATM the other day, Steve, and it swallowed my cash card. I'm really worried in case I've fallen victim to a skimming device scam. Um, I don't know. Actually, I couldn't tell. Maybe you should contact the bank this morning. You know. You'll be contacting the bank. I'll be contacting the taxi company. Uh, lovely meal at Joe Allen's at the weekend, says Bob in Bracknell. It's what we like. Do you know, it's also enhanced. Any restaurant, any restaurant and any place like that, it's enhanced by the people you're with. You know, if you're with a nice bunch of people, and um, and I think actually Alex, who's sort of setting up... Uh, the uh, the breakfast programme for Nick Ferrari. He, he could be a new new friend, I should imagine. <laughs> Only joking. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you, for, to find out that one, you need to go back to the beginning of the programme uh, when it's available. Uh, also, uh, stayed up till midnight watching Tiger Woods complete his comeback by winning the FedEx playoffs. Whatever you think of the guy to come back from all his mental health problems... Four major back surgeries. That'll be all the women he slept with. Not being able to swing a golf club to winning a tournament. You have to admire the man. What for? Golf is the most boring thing under the sun. It is so dull, dull, blooming dull. What is appealing about golf? You know, Essex boys do it. You know, I suppose the boys from Made in Essex, you know, would sort of go out there and play a round of golf because they haven't got the intelligence to do anything else. It's only one up from crazy golf. I was better getting it through the windmill and then going down the little thing like that. Now you just have to hit it from here to here. And the purpose is what? Does that help world poverty? Does it help the world banking crisis? Does it help us trying to, you know, get rid of more ISIS members? No, it's just getting the ball from here to there into a little tiny hole. Make the hole bigger and then it will go in. You know, and they go, oh, and the crowd who stand there, they're like sheep. Seriously, they stand there. The American fans are the words, get it in the hole, get it in the hole. All the rest of it. I'm going, well, make the hole bigger, dig a crater. You know, golf, says Peter, is as boring as the people who play it. It is true. It is absolutely true. It's just so tedious. But, of course, you know, I'm not watching the Ryder Cup. Listen, I don't even watch tennis. I don't even watch tennis. I'm not interested in tennis, golf, synchronised swimming. Hello? Who's into that one? There's all these bizarre things. Bowls. Oh, godfathers. But um, somebody was telling me the other day, I mean, I, I live quite near Richmond Golf Club. Would I be interested in joining? Of course I wouldn't be. 
Of course I would be. What, do I want to walk about in a sort of pair of, you know, Farrah trousers and sort of a, and a, and a, and a chequered sort of jumper or something? No. No, 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 no. I'd rather sit here. Rather sit here. Uh, I hope the mayor of Twickenham, also known as Steve Allen, is giving more money to producers lest they vote for Jeremy Corbyn. I don't think any of them vote for Jeremy Corbyn. I don't think. I never asked people. I couldn't care less. They're making a difference to me. People sort of say, you know, many a producer can't live in central London. Where do you think they live? They're all living in central London. Every single one of, one of them's only a couple of minutes down the road from here. Seriously. It's a, don't, don't worry about them not being able to afford it. Uh, loving the show. Even though your favourite shop has changed my day. Uh, day, Alison Dunn's Chew. Alison Dunn. No, we don't, we don't know what that one is, actually. Never mind. Driving from Essex to Suffolk, Steve. We've already counted 19 neon signs in lorry cabs and we're still in Essex. Gay. Every one of them gay. That's what it is now. Anybody who's got neon signs... You what? They'll be turning them off like there's no tomorrow as they go through Essex. And the moment they hit Buckinghamshire, psh, back they come on again. Much better class of person in Buckinghamshire, but uh, they're more interesting looking in, in Essex. That's what it is. It is, in fact, you know, neon signs in lorry cabs. The moment you've seen... Give, give, give them a toot. Beep, beep. And then wave in a camp kind of a way. A sort of a Bobby Cole Norris way. Yes, as in two, four, six, eight. Never too late. Because he was, he was gay and then he went straight which we all thought was hilarious. Uh, even if you don't like tennis, I won't even ask about cricket, says Peter. What for? I know people who watch cricket. I seriously do. I mean, they, they, they've all got problems. Seriously, they need a lot of help in rehab and stuff like that. So uh, I don't... Um, I, I'm not interested in anything like that. I, mean, I just don't get it. But there again, they probably don't get magic or, you know, macrame fruit baskets and things like that. They probably don't understand that kind of thing. Strange but true, says Kevin from Dudley. Hedley Lamar patented a radio-controlling torpedo during the Second World War. Actually, not so much her, but the bloke she was married to, who was a, a wealthy arms manufacturer called Fritz Mendel. And that's why. I don't think she actually invented anything at all. She wanted to stop all the Hollywood stuff, which she didn't enjoy. So most of her inventions, including a better Kleenex box and a new traffic signal, never went anywhere. But the, the radio-controlled torpedo got a, a patent. 1940, it was. German U-boats... Wreaking havoc in the Atlantic, torpedoing ships, very often with women and children aboard trying to flee the Nazis, which is something Hedy knew a little about. Uh, she ended up earning about $600 a week. She had to learn to speak English, which she pretty quickly did. Uh, the career took off, and uh, a chance dinner party with a Hollywood composer called George uh, Antheil changed everything. He tinkered with ideas, and um, he was famous for composing an avant-garde symphony using unconventional instruments. But uh, that gave the two of them an idea. If a piano could be synchronised to hop from one note to another, why couldn't radio signals steering a torpedo hop as well? The inventive partnership, ta-da, was born. And, uh, and, so we, and, and also Wi-Fi as well. <laughs> there you go. You, know. you never know. I mean, who was it who turned up? There was a film once where, where somebody, they went there, something, I can't remember what the film was. It, they had to go back to school again. And somebody said, oh, what, what have you actually done? And they went, oh, we, we invented... Um, Tipex. And the school went, no, you didn't. No, you didn't invent Tipex. They went, yes, we did. That was Michael Nesmith's aunt who invented liquid paper, which we call Tipex. And we used to use it all the time. I don't even think people use it now. You've got corrective spelling. And also, who uses a typewriter? So their, their sales must have gone right down. And also, who wants a piece of paper with loads of Tipex all over it? So uh, Tipex probably not so... I still use post-it notes. Very popular post-it notes. I like that as well. Uh, how did London Bridge end up in Arizona? We sold it. We so God knows why. 
God, who was that idiot who sold that? Uh, Westlife are getting back together, except for Brian McFadden, who can't drive to the concerts now, so that's not looking very promising. But also, nobody was interested. Brian's doing his lame programme on Guess the uh, the Zedless Celebrity, in, standing in the kitchen of somebody's house, where you've got a bunch of desperately sad, lonely people who want to be famous. Um, the Golf Club is seeking a new, new youthful image. That was the reason I started the Golf Club story. They're seeking a youthful image, because they've got the image of a lot of old pensioners. And, you know, Bruce Forsyth used to play golf. I bet, um, in fact, there's probably loads of Americans who play golf. They have sort of special tournaments, don't they? Tournaments for the sort of people who like, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Simon says, was it not Churchill who said golf is a good walk ruined? Yes. And uh, uh, thank you. I've always found 60-minute makeover baffling. There's no way a house can be fully renovated in that time. I believe it takes... uh, Twice as long. I think it takes two weeks. But they do. Because they used to use Peter Andre and that, and they had to drop him because he was so boring. I mean, frankly, there's not really a lot that Peter Andre can do without looking a bit drippy. Do you remember the man who wore a bandana to try and make bowls more interesting? Um, going to hospital, says Simon the night bus driver, for a day procedure. What's that? What's a day procedure? What's that mean? Oh, like cataracts would be a day. Oh, right, OK. And uh, Simon says, I asked you to wish my partner Mimi luck with her cancer the other week. Took her last week. It's always the way it goes, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, you think, you know, things are going to be fine. And then sometimes they aren't. And then Simon Thomas, you remember from Blue Peter, his uh, his wife went within a matter of days of diagnosis. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. Charlotte was right. The film was Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. They went back there and it, they ended up doing all right, actually. They've started showing friends back on the television from the beginning. I'd forgotten how dull it was, actually. But uh, it appeals to those people who think that it's all going to happen. You know, you're going to move into a flat. It never works like that, does it? How, who moves into a flat? Nobody's ever... Cu- have you ever seen them sitting there on a Friday night going, all right, got your money, got to go and pay the rent. We've never met the landlord, as far as I know, but perhaps we uh, we will. And the big headline on the, uh, the paper is uh, the couple who could be torn apart over care costs. So they've been together for donkey's years, and, um, you know, that's... That's the way it goes, I'm afraid. Uh, Phil says, I take tramadol. When you're given it, you're warned that it's a man-made version of an opiate. An opiate. When I travelled to Malaysia, I checked with the embassy if I could take it in. I was told I needed an authorised letter. Yep, that's what you're supposed to have. You had to present it to customs. I have a titanium knee and shoulder, so I carry copies of my x-rays when the scanner activates. You're only issued so many tramadol before a review with the GP. The amount you said she was carrying must have been obtained fraudulently. Well, she had 190 tablets. I don't know, you know, what the normal prescription would be. But also, it wasn't for her, it was for somebody else. So either she lied to get it, or she bought it illegally, or somebody's on one of those, you know, little backhander kind of things. Which, you know, you can always find somebody who will issue those sort of things. That's why, as I say, she's gone to prison for three years. I mean, you know, she's very lucky to have only got three years. Should have been life. You know, God knows how many people that that could have, uh, that could have supported. Which is not good. A Tipex mouse is a wonderful thing, says Holly. Oh, and uh, it's a shame that everything, Steve, that's British, has been sold abroad. London Bridge, then Cadbury's, and then Sky TV. Yeah, thirty billion. Is Cad- was Cadbury's British? Yes, it must have been British to start with. And it's yeah, then Kraft bought it. So they all get swallowed up, don't they? As part of these huge companies, it's always. I mean, I find it very interesting as to what actually is British anymore. You know, when you think you're going out somewhere and you're going to be. You know, buying some, and you and somebody goes. Actually, it's an American company, and you go, "Is it?" I mean, the story is that when the Americans bought London Bridge, they thought they were getting Tower Bridge. 
<coughs> bit of an apocryphal story on that one, I think. But uh, they got Towerbridge. Actually, it doesn't look anyway half as exciting as it did when it was over the uh, over the Thames. I don't remember it, but it used to have shops all the way along and things, you know, and why we sold it. I thought that was part of our history. Did it need replacing? And also, you couldn't get ships underneath it, could you? <coughs> Couldn't they have just put a bridge in the middle or something, just like Tower Bridge? But then they'd have had to rebuild it. It's still history. They could have put it into a field somewhere. And we could have gone, that's London Bridge. But no, we sell it to the Americans. Who made that decision? Let's go and hang them, shall we? Why have they ruined our... You know, it's like somebody saying, oh, by the way, we've, we've sold St Paul's. There'll be a bit of a gap on the ground there before we put up a market or something. Ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, also, um, what else have we got? Um, bum, 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 bum. Uh, the, could be t- the new blood tests. Uh, which can uh, find out whether you're too tired to be on the motorway. is a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. That won't uh, affect me. Would you be doing a Christmas Steve Allen phone-in? For goodness sake, it's only, it's only October, nearly. We can't decide things like that. We have to wait till nearer the time. Steve, it wasn't Churchill who said golf ruined a good walk. It was Mark Twain. Was it? Whatever. <laughs> you're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Let's go for an Indian, shall we? That's an Indian summer. They reckon 22 degrees will follow the deluge. So at the moment we're going to be deluged, and uh, and then we're going back again. So much of Britain drenched by heavy rain. In fact, actually, as I was driving home yesterday, it just started. It just started. The time I got home, it was absolutely tipping it down. So uh, that was part of the day written off, which is a bit of a shame. Why is it that the papers are so bone idle? They have to print a picture of dreary old Rita Ora every day. Every day there's another picture of Rita Ora in yet another naff outfit. Uh, also, snowflakes are refusing to eat chocolate over fears they'll become obese. And so millennials are instead scoffing protein-packed sports nutrition snacks. Mm, lovely. Sounds very nice. Police have been urged to probe the theft of 31 pence of water in a village. Apparently 50 gallons disappeared from a tap in a sports field. Residents say the tap is for people to take a drink or fill dog bowls. But uh, the parish council chairman in Thruxton, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Milder Williams, said it's theft. Details have been reported to the police. 50 gallons is a bit much. A vehicle must have been used. It's just water out of a tap, dear. Okay, just water out of a tap. I got too excited over it. Uh, also, what have we got? Calvin Harris, Leanne Payne, using Fashion Week to full advantage. I don't know, a bit boring. Dresses like... I tell you, I didn't realise that actually the one that they're using on the X Factor at the moment with dreary old Robbie Williams and his boring wife, whose, whose mouth spreads wider than her entire face. Huge. And, uh, and they've got some very average... They had some balmy mad woman on there who turned up the other day. And, um, and she's a busker. But she turns up with two cats in a basket on a little trailer thing which she takes with her everywhere. And she told them that she took, uh, you know, things everywhere. So Simon obviously thinks she's mad as a fruitcake. And, uh, and you had poor old Dermot O'Dreary who was going, oh, aren't they nice? And I'm thinking, she's turned up with cats to an audition. And then she sang Macho Man or something. Whatever it was, it was the worst version I've ever heard. And Simon went, oh, I like you. You're unusual. I thought, yeah, I haven't got anybody else, have they, really? Uh, owners of a holiday home could face a new tax under Labour's plans. They don't like anybody who's worked hard, do they? Work hard, reward yourself, Labour don't like you. So perhaps you'd be thinking of voting elsewhere. I don't know really why, why they're still persisting with this one. I thought the whole idea was to actually applaud people. You know. Shane says the Americans bought most of our well-known brands here in Australia. Donnie says have you got a union representative at LBC? No. No, I think I'm just going to have to put up with that this morning. I think so. Uh, the Yanks own Boots and Asda, do they? All oh, right. Playing against uh, 
Sheerness Golf Club today for West Malling Vets. The course is below sea level and you can see larger ships pale, sail past above you. I quite like that, actually. Thank you, Stan. Jim says Hedy Lamar was the most incredibly beautiful woman. I remember her Delilah to Victor Mature's Samson. Was she Austrian? She was. She was. And, uh, but she learned to speak English, so that was OK. Unlike the Polish midwife who didn't speak English. And then we went, I'm sorry, we've got to speak English. We're in England, you know. So they decided to, uh, to demote her. And lo and behold, she takes them to an industrial tribunal claiming discrimination. Luckily, the tribunal, held all in Polish, uh, let her know exactly what was going on. And they dismissed it out of hand, which is good news. Uh, Matthew Wright has said he can imagine himself being a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, sort of, people tell you everything now, don't they? They really do. They really do. Uh, the army is creating Terminator-style artificial intelligence to scan battlefields for hidden enemies. And uh, here's a massive twister. This is over in Kansas. Do you know Kansas gets more twisters than anywhere else? They do, um, They do. you know, take you out and show you what a twister looks like. And you look at the picture of this one here. It is enormous. Absolutely enormous. And this is a, um, a tornado hunter called Greg Johnson. He always gets as close as he can to them. They're just, for some reason, Kansas is the place, perhaps because it's so flat. And so they get loads and loads of twisters. Uh, Catherine Tilsley, life after Corrie, not really much of it, really. Uh, there's no acting work, nothing else at all. So she's managed to get herself a job in, in a magazine. It's one of those catalogue kind of things. And she goes, uh, this is my sultry look. It's just somebody who's had their hair blown to one side by a fan. Very dreary pictures, very dreary. Models now who pose for these magazines must be a little bit worried about sort of third-rate people who can't get any work. So they go, oh, I'll, I'll just do a bit of modelling, shall I? And we go, what for? Not, you're not a model. You don't look like a model. You don't have the attributes of a model. Uh, thrilling and back for The Bodyguard. The finale was on the other night. I didn't see it. I'm not about to release it. I'm not that cruel. Come closer. <laughs> oh dear and uh, another one here it says uh, Simon Cowell pulling out as best man from the wedding that um, people turn up Bradley Walsh had to stand in at last minute that's a bit embarrassing isn't it Simon didn't want to do it but you, you, you ended up with Cheryl Tweed and, uh, and turning up looking like a, a bad cheap Christmas tree decoration upstaging everybody uh, also Labour's highest profile Jewish politician uh, Luciana Berger, yesterday flanked by police protection at the party's conference. That's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? Got to have protection at the party's conference. Gosh, I don't know. Uh, Prince George is a real trooper. He goes marching at a wedding. They've sort of put him in like knickerbockers. And I mean, seriously, honestly, I don't think they dress kids like this anymore. But apparently they do. And so Mum Kate beamed with pride as George paraded and danced around in his smart page boy outfit. Just looks a bit naff, actually. He's got huge feet for a little boy. Huge feet. Uh, a picture of Katie Price looking just peculiar. Her car broke down. People had to come to her, her help. And, uh, you know, uh, Katie Price will be taking advantage of various financial lifelines. But she won't keep the wolf from the door, says Holly. For much longer, my ex-friends, please note, locked on my door, asking for 12 grand to stop the bank taking the house by 5pm the next day. Their son had to get a loan to repay me. The house was lost six months later. Like Katie, they thought they were entitled to keep what they couldn't afford. No, they, they will come and take it. There's a limit to how far that they will go. The fact she's got a disabled child in the house will probably help her, you know, I should imagine. Uh, Tramadol lady knew exactly what she was doing. Thing is, when the creature comes out of jail, she'll go straight on benefits and we'll be supporting her. 
that her boyfriend's already found another lady to be a mule for him. Well, we don't know what the what the actual. What we know is she had 190 or whatever it was tablets. They're illegal. She got nicked for it. She's gone to prison. She can appeal all she likes. You know, the Egyptians are not going to be made fools of. They're really not. When it comes to something like this, all you have to do is check. Just check. Steve, it wasn't London Bridge with shops that was sold. That fell down. Hence the nursery rhyme. Looked more like the present Westminster Bridge. No, no, it was, it was definitely London Bridge. London Bridge had, had shops on it, definitely. I know these things. I know these things. I've seen photographs of London Bridge. It was just a low bridge. And it was a way of getting getting across. So, you know, London Bridge is falling down, falling... That's why it was. It was falling down. We didn't say it didn't have any shops on it. What do you mean about the Titanic? Not another one. Here we go. The conspiracy theory. It's sunk and all the rest of it. Uh, I really enjoyed the Europe concert at the uh, Ra, but I'm disgusted. Stupid people taking young children along. Don't they know hearing can be damaged, says Connie? They don't bother about things like that. They don't care about stuff like that. They really don't. You know, they go, oh, you know, you must, you must definitely get some, uh, some earplugs. They don't care. Seriously. Uh, I bet you anything, says Rob. Within a week, Chaz and Dave's greatest hits will be on sale. I think it's on sale already. But I think that was, a, that was an old one. Uh, an old one. Uh, do you have any tips for hangovers, says Nat? Uh, don't drink in the first place. You know, that's, that's, that's my only advice for hangovers. There's no, there's no solution, is there, for hangovers? Used to be, there you go, that's, that's uh, London Bridge. That's 1900, but before 1900, can you go pre-1900? Let's have a look. In the uh, 18... No, we need to go back further. I'm looking at about the 1600s, I think. It's a different London Bridge. Wait a minute. London Bridge, blah, 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 was the last project, 1831, and it was sold by the City of London. Da, 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 current bridge. Da, 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 da. But, uh, the first bridge was Roman. So Old London Bridge, which lasted. There you go. There's a picture of Old London Bridge with shops on it. Thank you very much indeed. They got rid of that in 1831. Then they put up the new one. OK, but, you know, the Old London Bridge. And the one we've got now is built in the 60s. So it's called Modern London. You've got Old London Bridge, the London Bridge we sold, and then Modern London Bridge. Good, isn't it? It's, uh, the current London Bridge is shown in uh, film, news and documentaries, but it definitely had houses on it. The Old London Bridge had houses on it. They used to number all the stones, so when they actually got there, they could put the stones back, like building up a giant piece of Lego, I should imagine. OK, news at five, coming up very quickly. Westlife are getting back together, except for Brian McFadden. He's not allowed to drive, as we know. We've taken away that, uh, that avenue of pleasure for him. Uh, Rick Astley, admitting he once ate 15 milky bars in a row. Not that difficult, is it, really? Barclays Fury, they reckon these PPI things, you know, if you've been claimed, they reckon most of them are fraudulent. Most of them are fraudulent. Uh, the warm spell to follow the deluge and the poison city. Salisbury want you to go back there. They'd love you to go back and visit. They say, it's not bad. Promise. Go and enjoy yourself. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every Monday morning. It's the 24th of September at Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. With you till, uh, till 7... Bad news. Bad news. There is bad news which could happen today or possibly tomorrow. Do you remember? Cast your mind back about eight years ago, when we had a volcano erupt in Iceland. There's another one, even bigger, which is set to erupt. Uh, this is one called Katla. It's showing signs of getting ready to blow yet again. Icelandic and British volcanologists have found Katla is emitting carbon dioxide on a huge scale, suggesting magma chambers are filling, signalling an eruption. I mean, that is the thing. I mean, I should imagine... 
Darren must be absolutely beside himself with excitement because there's something exciting about watching volcanoes. This one could cause absolute mayhem. It could overshadow that of the one in 2010, which sent a huge plume of boiling ash into the air, effectively grounding all European planes. This one's bigger. Bigger, 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 bigger. So uh, remember, you heard it first on LBC. And uh, when it goes, I mean, I should imagine, once they, they work out that the carbon dioxide is filling up, that means that the magma chambers getting... I mean, it is, it's fascinating to watch. It really is. You can't, you can't deny the force of nature is something that, you know, really we have no control over whatsoever. We can just go, uh, we think it's going to blow, and we think it's going to blow soon, and we think it's going to be bigger than the last one from eight years ago. Uh, there's a lad of 19 shot dead on one of Britain's most dangerous streets. Uh, a 17-year-old boy and a man aged 24 were also hurt in the shooting. The murdered teen is the second person to be killed in Walthamstow in East London in Valentin Road. One resident said, what's wrong with them? Well, they've all got mental issues, haven't they? They must have. What is it about people going out with guns and shooting? What, are they stupid? Of course they are. They really are. One of them was uh, Jermaine Johnson, was stabbed to death in Valentin Road in March. A boy of 16, knife there in May 2017. The Met Police have said no arrests have been made. Why don't we just sort of put them all in one field somewhere and just let them shoot each other out? And then once we've got rid of them all, then we can all get on with our lives. Because it's just ridiculous. They're just killing one another, says one resident. I know. But but they don't know why, because they're a bit simple. They don't know. The victim was the 11th to be killed by a gun in the capital this year. DJ, is it Nana Banga? Was stabbed to death at a, at a house party. Do you know, more than 100 people have been murdered in London already this year. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. We've, we've tried that one. We don't. Unfortunately, I can't offer any crumb of comfort at all. Nothing. Uh, Rod Stewart on the life, love and letting his hair down. Um, he's, st- he's still going, isn't he? I mean, it's 73. Sir Roderick David Stewart is still going. I mean, he looks like, you know, rock stars are supposed to look. He plans his tours now around his uh, around his kids. That'd be great. Who's your dad, Rod Stewart? Fantastic. I love that. Security fears over the release of Anjam Chowdhury increased after he vowed to carry on ranting. You silly little turnip, honestly. What a silly little person you are. Chowdhury is due to be freed next month after serving half of a five and a half year sentence for breaking terror laws. I mean, there's somebody stupid out there. You know, do you not think he's broken terror laws? Keep him in prison. So he's only served half of it. What for? What would be the reason for releasing him? Perhaps they're scared of him. I don't know. Uh, driving home from the airport after a holiday in Spain. Marbs was fun, but freezing back here. Uh, it is freezing back here. Uh, but this is the indicator, isn't it? Excuse me. The indicator is that come November, they're, um, they're actually saying we're going to have snow. My friend Ian has seen the London Bridge over here. This is the one from 1831. And... Um, and he says, it's about four hours' drive from me. They tried to make everything around it look English. It's so tacky. One building is an apartment block called Sherlock Holmes. H-O-M-E-S. <laughs> See what they did there? Oh, dear. Why do people change things? Why do... uh, the whole idea is people coming to London, they, they, they come to London. Why? Because of history. You're not coming to London for the food, put it that way. You're coming here because of history. And the great radio, you know, hello. <laughs> and welcome to the show. 
You know, that's what people are coming in for. And they want to get out there and do all the things. So they sit on the tourist buses. They walk around Trafalgar Square. They walk down to Parliament Square. They do a right before that and they go down the Mall and they go to Buckingham Palace and they stick their noses through the grills and they watch the soldiers in the morning and the band and everything else. And they go, do you know, we had a good time. And then it rains and they go, oh, it's raining. And we go, yeah, it rains. It's London. But it's, I mean, it's not as bad as some, but New Zealand's worse. New Zealand's really bad. Uh, Steve, as the nights are getting chilly, it's time to start doing the one sock on for instant foot warmth. Yeah. Can you remind us what the volcano eight years ago was called? Don't tell me you've actually forgotten. Thank you. Right, hear that again. Here we go. No. Yes. Okay, that's the that's the volcano. There you go. Thought you'd be thrilled. And, uh, you know, I expect I was going <laughs> to be doing that. Thank you very much indeed. Amazing right now, the moon. Do you have a window in your studio? Well, I can knock one out, I should imagine. But uh, the moon looks great. No, the producer can't see it either. He doesn't care. We think it's that way. We think the moon's, moon's out the front of the building. And uh, amazing right now. I'm trying to do a radio programme. I can't be worried about what the moon looks like. And uh, regarding the Salisbury poisoning, Putin knew full well we wouldn't buy the story about the two spies being tourists. He was just laughing at us. The same week he sends two fighter jets into our airspace, we should have shot them down. I don't think we want to encourage things like that at all. I think that's the last thing we want to do. What, take against the, the might of Russia against little old us? So anybody like a bacon sandwich? OK, and um, Putin? Hash brown? Something, you know? <laughs> Be like Dad's army all over again. We don't want things like that, do we? Goodness gracious. How far back was it when you actually did a phone-in show? I don't know. I don't care. We don't do phone-in shows. I haven't done one for donkey's years. I always say I'm going to do one, but I never do. Never do. Uh, the church's well-being new low-pay row, the Archbishop of Canterbury, yet again branded a hypocrite as it was revealed his cathedral will use lotto cash to pay an, inter, uh, an intern rock-bottom wages. Do you know, honestly, why should, we, why should we think that the Archbishop of Canterbury is any different from any other greedy person? Why, why, why would you think that he was different? Did the Lord come down and go, that's the man who should be the Archbishop of Canterbury? No, nothing like that at all. Nothing like that. Tory MP Andrew Bridgen says that uh, it'll appear to be another case of people who live in stained-glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yes. Oh, no, this is disgraceful, Amazon not doing this. I'm sorry, you're an investor in Amazon. You know, honestly, nothing worse than hypocrites wearing their cloths of gold. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any... There's still normal people underneath. They're no different, I promise you. No different at all. Uh, also, the off-colour stories behind the kids' classic show, Blue Peter is 60 next month. Peter Purvis is 79. He went out with Valerie Singleton, didn't he? I'm pretty, he says casting is sort of, you know, sort of his net wide. And um, and I thought she... Because then, then there was the rumour she was having an affair with... I am not in love, but I'm open to persuasion. East or West. Joan Armour Trading. Biddy Baxter was the long-running matriarch of Blue Peter. She took it from 62 to 88. That's the years, by the way. And uh, she's 80... Five. Petra was their first dog. I should have done that as a quiz question, actually. And uh, also, when the dog died of distemper two days after its first and only appearance, Biddy found a similar-looking replacement without letting on to the fans that it wasn't Petra. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, dear. She says later it wasn't appropriate to cause them distress. I'm convinced we did the right thing. Absolutely. Valerie Singleton was uh, dogged with rumours she was a lesbian after interviewing Valerie Singleton... Uh, after interviewing Joan Armour Trading... 
But uh, then she had slept with one of Joan's male bandmates, led to editor Biddy, refusing to send Valerie any more Christmas cards. Valerie said recently Joan must have heard of it. Why doesn't she say it's rubbish? Well, I don't know, because people are like that. Peter Duncan, uh, he joined the lineup in 1980. It was claimed he'd appeared naked in a porn film. It turned out the movie in question, The Life Taker, was not pornographic and Peter happily laughed it off. However, he did appear nude on stage. With Linda Lusardi. The show contained full frontal nudity, but people went there thinking it was going to be Linda Lusardi. And it turned out to be Peter Duncan, who took all his clothes off. Janet Ellis was... um, She admitted she took a stash of Blue Peter badges when she left. She said, I did take a few, which I ended up giving to traffic wardens. John Leslie is rumoured to have done the same, while the original presenter, Christopher Tracy's son, used to sell them in the playground. How amazing. That's just some of the things you don't know about Blue Peter. But uh, we all sat there. And then when they did a new theme tune, uh, and it was Mike Oldfield, and we all sat there and watched that. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was a great programme. And then, you know, because we knew all the presenters. We knew who they were. Now, as I say, I don't know. You don't get any publicity for Blue Peter. I think it's basically done in a shoebox. And, uh, you know, hard to believe. when you've Every time we had a new new presenter, they'd bring them on and... And then and people go, oh, that's the new presenter. And they get loads of coverage in the newspapers in happier days. Nowadays, they're only interested in all this rubbish that comes out of reality shows like the Love Island. I've noticed Laura Whitmore's little show, which is supposed to be sort of the takeover for the winter period, uh, which is called Survival of the Fittest, turns out to be the biggest pile of rubbish on the television. So they've axed it already. So they go, Laura, as if proof were needed that you can't present, that would be the proof. OK. Uh, very good ventriloquist act, says Shane. Your lips didn't move when the dummy pronounced the name of the volcano. I know. I know. I, I do it very well indeed. I don't, I don't want to embarrass people. You know, Darren could be listening to this programme, sitting up in bed, Winnie the Pooh on one side, Tigger on the other. You know, I don't want to embarrass him by showing him my very good pronunciation of uh, volcanoes in Iceland. But I'm promising you, when this one takes off, and it will take off, if the, if the magma chambers are filling already, it's very, you know, it's a very thin go before the side of the mountain l- opens up. And uh, terrible, 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 terrible. Not so good. Uh, the woman who volunteered... I must tell you this. Oh, I'll have to tell you in a moment, actually, because it's a really sweet story about a lady called Daphne Wakelin. Uh, Daphne's just died. She was 93, but she was a very special person. And I'll tell you why she was a special person uh, very shortly. More of your texts and emails, 84850steve@lbc.co.uk. at OK, we'll try and mention everything as we can. We started to get through those and the papers. And today I've got something very interesting. Having sold out the show, bless your hearts, thank you so much. For, uh, there is a waiting list for those people who want to come to the show, just in case anybody goes, I can't go, something's happened, my legs just dropped off or something. And so that will be... That will be on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, OK? lbc.co.uk. Later on this morning, I mean, not too far, we could only hear till seven, I'll give you the chance to see some Crocs and not the plastic shoes. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So let me tell you about a lovely lady. Let me tell you about a lady called Daphne Wakelin. Daphne Wakelin died at the age of 93 the other day. And she was the woman who volunteered to be dropped behind enemy lines during World War II. Uh, She spied in occupied France in 1944 and went on to collect information at concentration camps. She left her entire will to a hospice in Worcester Park. Half a million pounds she's left them. 
which is something that hospices can do uh, with all the time, I promise you. And uh, they said she was a caring sister, courageous spy and loving friend. There are loads of these people, aren't there, out there, and you don't know. I've always said that people have got history. And in the case of Daphne Wakelin, she certainly had some history. She certainly saw action. I was watching the other day. It was a programme on the television, and it was about the concentration camps. And it was sort of the, the Germans trying to work out how to get rid of all these people that they hated. And it was it was just horrendous to watch. But then at the very end, when they started rounding up the Nazis and the people, the, the one who they really wanted to make sure they hanged him, took his own life. With uh, He had a fake tooth in his mouth. And they found it, and they were just going to open your mouth too late. He got the tooth out, and he'd bitten on the cyanide, which was a little glass file, and uh, it killed him within a matter of seconds, which was a shame because we were denied hanging this person. And I can't remember who he was, but he'd, he'd changed... Was it Goering? Was it Goering? I can't remember. He'd, he'd changed his appearance. He used to wear glasses and um, have a little moustache, but he shaved off the moustache, took off the glasses, put an eye patch on. I'm not sure it was actually Goering. I'm not sure... But anyway, he, he, he took his own life and they, everybody always said afterwards they felt very cheated because they, they, were, they were totally convinced of who he was. And then at the end, they weren't too sure of who he was. They, they sort of had to make all these decisions uh, about it. But he took his own life, obviously fearing that he was going to be uh, executed. And he would have been. He would have been hanged as one of those war criminals. In fact, I think Albert Pierpoint went abroad and... Was it Himmler? That's right. Because I, I was watching it thinking it's so interesting because he went round and visited the concentration camps and all they were is they were extermination camps. All in Poland, they had about five of them, five or six, I think. But, of course, the most, uh, the most notorious was Auschwitz. But they had uh, loads of others. Treblinka was another one of the camps, Dachau. And they had all sorts of, you know, they, they, they just wanted to get rid of people as quickly as possible. That was, I mean, it was... The war crime against all war crimes. It was the most horrendous thing that could ever have happened to anybody. And, of course, nobody knew, apart from the people in the camps, who knew that when the train pulled in and they then shaved people's hair off, they said they had to have their hair shaved off, they didn't realise they were going... And they had to pack them in to the, uh, to the gas chambers because Zyklon B only worked at 29 degrees, 28, 29 degrees. So they needed body heat for it to actually take effect. And uh, it was just, just the most awful thing ever. Uh, any, any tricks, says a friend of mine, of how to fake, of how to fake my way through the morning having not watched the final episode of The Bodyguard? Well, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Well, it's not a case of I'm not allowed to talk about it. Nobody, there's been no directive. I'm doing it because, yeah, the producer said he's going on strike if I mention it because he's been doing other things and that's that's as far as we actually get and uh, so that so the tip on how to fake your way through the morning <laughs> is i mean i haven't seen it so it actually it doesn't make any difference to me and and i don't understand why why people get annoyed about you know they go don't so don't, don't tell me anything so you're gonna have to you're just going to bite your tongue well actually not literally not literally but you know just be a little bit careful with it anyway i hope everything's well at home i'm sure it is Sure it is. What were you, a Blue Peter or a Magpie person? You see, Magpie was done down the road from me at Teddington Studios with Tommy Boyd, Susan Stranks and Mick... I can't remember his name. Mick, it'll come to me in a moment. And, uh, and that was, the, that was the, the programme that I liked. I thought it was good. I did enjoy Blue, Blue Peter. So you had 
Suits and Strike, Tony Bastable and Pete Brady were the first ones. Then it was Douglas Ray, uh, who replaced Pete Brady. And then it was Mick Robertson, Jenny Hanley replaced Susan Stranks, and the lineup remained until 77 when Tommy Boyd replaced Ray. It was interesting, actually, because it was the more, the more cutting edge, whereas Blue Peter was what I called safe television. Biddy Baxter. I went down there. I, I asked when I was doing the overnight programme on LBC, and I said, oh, c- could I interview... Um, who did I ask to interview? I asked to interview someone. Anyway, Biddy Baxter wrote back to me and said, I'm a big fan of Night Extra, Steve, uh, but I think you'd be better off talking to so-and-so, so-and-so. So she recommended somebody else for me to go and talk to. But I was invited to watch the programme going out, and it was a live television programme. So they would sit there at the beginning, da da dun 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 and then you'd see them all sitting on that curved settee with the cats who were eating food out of the cushion. That was the only way they could get them to stay there. The moment you took your hand off the cat, whoosh, it went off to its basket as quick as possible. And then we had the pets, and then everybody remembers. What do you, what do you remember from Blue Peter? Because it celebrates 60 years next month. And the one thing you remember is Christmas. You remember the Chalk Farm Salvation Army Band, all the kids, and they would bring the band in. They would march up the, the ramp into the studio, which I thought was, which I thought was great, actually. And, um, and, then, and then they would do whatever it was, Hark the Herald Angel. They'd already shown you how to make the Advent crown out of coat hangers. <laughs> I never got round to making one, but I did manage to put the coat hangers together and they did it and they lit the first candle on the Advent crown. And that for us, as kids, as kids, we, we thought that was, that was the bee's knees. That was the best thing. That was, that was the best thing. And then, of course, we had trouble, didn't we? Somebody climbed in and vandalised the garden. Percy Throwers got, oh my God. 1983, and I believe that one of the one of the pets is buried out in. Well, I mean, of course, the garden doesn't exist now because they've they've moved the program, and that was the trouble. I didn't like things changing, you know. I just I just liked it, you know. And then we had irritating Anthea showing us how to make Tracy Island. I'm going to happily crown her with that one, but there you go. And uh, and it was just it was a safe program. I think if truth be known, and a friend of mine said exactly the same. He says loads of people claim they were magpie. Uh, viewers be cool, but they were really Blue Peter kids. Because you know why? Because the parents preferred Blue Peter because it was the BBC. And uh, and, and Magpie was a bit sort of edgy. Uh, but I, I like both of them. But I preferred, you know, if I'm if I'm being honest, I preferred the professionalism of the BBC programme because they would show you how to make... And here's, here's one I made earlier. And we all learnt about sticky back plastic. We learnt that they used copy decks, but they couldn't call it copy decks. They called it rubber adhesive. And we knew that they used... Cornflakes boxes, but they didn't. They didn't call it that. They used to have to block out the name cor- uh, Cornflakes. You couldn't have anything on there that looked as though somebody was on a backhander. And yet, along came can't cook, won't cook, cook'll cook, and they're blatantly plugging everything under the sun. It's outrageous. They must have been on more backhanders than you know than even existed. But it was it was a it was a good program. I just haven't seen it for ages, and I don't even know what it does nowadays. But then they had John Noakes climbing up Nelson's column on ladders. With no safety harness. I, t- I felt ill watching. Ill watching. I can't do anything like that. I'm weak, pathetic, feeble. Don't care. And uh, Peter says, ironically, survival of the fittest didn't survive. For it didn't fit. Yes. I mean, Laura Whitmore, she's not a presenter. She's just somebody who turns up to the opening of an envelope or a fridge door. And that's it. They go, oh, it's Laura Whitmore. People go, who is she? And they go, nobody. Nobody. Like Talia Storm. Who is she? Nobody. Nobody. Apparently she's a singer. Anybody heard her sing? Nope. I always preferred Magpie, Steve, and how and how to Blue Peter back in the day. Yeah, Blue Peter taught. I don't. I can't remember if Magpie told you how to make things. 
I can't remember. I just I just remember that Blue Peter was the one who, you know, how many people made, you know, the, um, the actual Tracy Island? I've got no idea, but lots of people sent off for it. Whether they actually made them, I don't know. It's like cookery programmes. Loads of us watch them, but we don't actually do the cooking on there. Do you know what I tried to find the other day? I nearly phoned up Phil Vickery or Jamie Oliver. I, I couldn't work out who would know the answer. I was in Waitrose wandering around. I thought, I fancy some pasta. And I wanted the little bow tie you know the one that looks like I couldn't find it anywhere. There's Jamie Oliver's pasta in there, and that that was sort of curly stuff. And I was looking for the bow tie. So where'd you get that from? Do I have to go to a specialist shop? Because I was so keen to have it yesterday, so I bought some little bits and pieces. And I thought I'll have that pasta. I bought some sauce, everything, and then I'd, and then I couldn't find it. I thought I'd find it in Waitrose. I might have to wander around elsewhere. I just want the little bow tie pastas. Don't even know what it's called. It could be called bow tie pasta. Uh, Dallas says there's an episode in The Good Life where Barbara shows Margot how she cut up an old jersey to make a tabard, and Margot scoffs about her believing the DIY demos on Blue Peter. Thing was, there was so little television back then, everybody watched everything, regardless of the age. Going into the Blue Peter office, they had all these different models on the windowsills, and also the ones, there was a lady who made the models, and then they would show you the first one, and, and then when you've done this, it looks like this. And then eventually it's going to look... That was the whole idea. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Just seen the moon. It's beautiful, says Eve. Good. Remember to waterproof your time capsule. There's Pink Paul. And uh, and then, of course, there was the elephant, which went to the toilet on the programme. Oh, they thought that was fun. The poor keeper on Blue Peter. He was having a really bad day. And this elephant, obviously a lot stronger than they look, was dragging the keeper along. Well, you couldn't stop the presenters from laughing, and, the, you know, it was just embarrassing. I think they'd come from London Zoo, and um, it, was, it was just one of those funny things. And eventually the keeper f- fell over. <laughs> I don't know why we should laugh. It wasn't funny at all. Uh, just gone over the Essex-Sussex border. There were 37 lorries with neon signs. 23 of them were tipper drivers. This little game makes the miles fly by. I know, just spot lorries. Lorries, you know, big, big lorries. And, and they've got, if they've got lights on in the cab, gay. Okay, just telling you that. Just telling you that now, because we heard this from some gay lorry drivers the other week. Here we go. Oh, look at this. Wow, 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 wow. We've got, we've got babies out. Is the whole family up? Or is this a picture you took yesterday? The whole family are with the babies. Isn't that good? Because normally, children, you have to explain to children, don't you, if there's new additions coming into the family, that mummy and daddy love everybody. Love everybody. Because um, it didn't make any difference in our family. But uh, that a nice picture. Look at that. All five together. Happy faces. Happy faces. Loving the babies. Loving the babies. That's cool, isn't it? Very nice. I like that picture a lot. Makes me feel very, uh, I was going to say maternal. I suddenly realised, no. <laughs> and uh, another one here. It says, uh, when Tony Bastable stopped presenting Magpie, he started producing it. I used to think Tony Bastable was really good looking. Where he is now, I don't know. He might have died or something. I mean, lots of people do, I realise. Uh, Lidl, regarding Hangover Steve, there is a solution. Lidl have launched a new range of Prosecco called Organic Hangover Free Prosecco that actually works and you don't get a hangover the next morning. I've never had a hangover with, with Prosecco. It's interestingly priced at seven ninety nine. Tony Bastable, incidentally, died 11 years ago. Did he really? He was only 62. Oh, dear. He had emphysema and pneumonia. Oh, dear, honestly. I really feel dreadful when you mention that. The bow tie pasture is called... Fafali. Is it Fafali? I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm only going to make myself sound stupid, aren't I? Thank you, Charlotte, for that one. Why can't they just call it bow tie pasta? 
make it a lot easier. A lot easier. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to six. Simon says, uh, I embalmed the famous spy, the White Mouse. Actually, she died, what, about 2011, I think, if memory serves me. Australian, wasn't she, I think? Killed Nazis with her bare hands and I believe finished her days, he says, living in Claridge's. Great honour. I know. I often think about... Well, I don't think about it at all, actually. I don't know why I mentioned it. I was thinking about embalming because I've seen embalming being done. And uh, apparently Sabrina says it's... Uh, this is pronounced Farfalle. Although somebody else has called it Farfalina, which is somebody called Livio, which means butterfly, and you can buy it at all Italian delis. I don't think we've got an Italian deli. I might have to go and find one. I don't think we've got one. Oh, I've got one. I'll have to check, actually, in Twickenham. I just want it. You know when you really want something? And then, it, is it is it hard? Or is it soft when you buy it? That's what I, that's what I want to know. Uh, James in Stevenage says, Percy Throw was my headmaster at school. Well, it was the same one. Can't be the same one, can it? <laughs> Isn't it funny how you remember your headmasters? I remember mine from prep school called Mr Pedley. Mr Pedley. So there you go. My ex-husband, says Holly, conned Blue Peter out of a Blue Peter badge. He wrote a letter about his pretend pet tortoise when he was a first-year medical student. Should have served as a warning he was a bad one. And Duncan says, I remember my dad and the rest of my family making old Christmas cards turned into a globe cut with crimping scissors. No wonder I've turned out like this. Not at all surprised, actually. A bit embarrassing, isn't it? Christmas cards. Uh, any plans, Steve, uh, to go and see Hamilton? No. Thank you. No, 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 no plans at all. And uh, in Turkey, on holiday, sitting on a balcony, watching the birds, you can find the pasta you want in both big supermarkets. Can't miss a day of your show, even on holiday. Well, I couldn't find it yesterday. I thought Waitrose would have it. They seem to have everything else. There's every kind of pimentos and all sorts in jars. And yet the pasta thing, I thought the most popular one, as far as I'm concerned, is the one that looks like a, a bow tie, but they didn't, uh, they didn't have it, actually. Uh, my brother has uh, been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I'd like to take him somewhere decent for his birthday, but don't know what sort of restaurants and food to be looking around London for. No, you just eat normally. You don't have to eat special food. There's no special food if you're a type 2 diabetic. Vegetarian's easy, but uh, and, uh, and he's not, but diabetic-friendly if there is such a thing. No, there isn't. There isn't such a thing as diabetic-friendly. You can eat whatever you want. When I was diagnosed, it was coming, coming up to Christmas, and I remember saying... Oh, can I not have Christmas lunch? Of course you can have Christmas lunch. You can have anything you like. But just remember, you're trying to cut down on the sugar content. So if you're going to have something, you know, it would be better to have something. Obviously, deep fried would not be great, but you can do it every so often. You know, sauces, you know, maybe not such a good idea, but I have them. If I go out for a steak, I'll have a sauce with it. Uh, Puddings. Puddings are a bit more difficult. Uh, and the booze that goes with it. So that's that's about it. It doesn't. It, it's not complicated. It's not. You just got to make sure you keep keep the sugar levels down. But because I I'd stopped drinking, uh, which is, do you know to be quite honest, it it isn't actually as difficult as I thought. I thought it'd be really difficult. People have said to me, "Oh, how have you managed?" I go, "I don't know. I just sort of, I just don't. I just don't worry about it." Interesting. Can't sleep. Steve says Rich in York. And the first time listener, Mr M, always says how good you are. Oh, he always... I have to give him money for that. It's ridiculous. But uh, loving the opinionated radio. It's about time that we had opinionated radio. Ian says, never mind your dicky bow pasta, Steve. Pasta penne is tops. It's cylindrical and the sauce gets up the tube, making it a very juicy choice. I don't want it. I want the, the, the dicky bow stuff. 
And I've now got it in my mind. I mean, I would go today and go and get some, but I've got to drive to my brother because he's, he's on holiday very shortly. They're doing a two-week-in... It's an island or something. I can't remember where it is. could be the Isle of Wight. And, uh, and he's sort of going off there, so I'm just going to drop a couple of things off for him. Uh, somebody says here, Magpie got its name as it stole the format from Blue Peter. Hardly any editions of Magpie survive in the archives as they've been erased. I thought you could buy it. It's on DVD, isn't it, Magpie? Pretty certain. Pretty certain. Every edition of Blue Peter still exists by strict orders of Biddy Baxter. Well, I mean, Biddy doesn't have any say on it. It would only have to go into the uh, archive. Loads of stuff get, get destroyed over the years. Jackie says, go to Marks and Spencer's at the station. They've got a good range of foods there. They haven't got this. I think it's a bit more... I thought it would be quite common. But apparently it's quite specialist. Bow tie pasta. I don't ask for a lot, but I want it today. I'm going to drive down to my brother after I finish. I've got an interview with Carl Pilkington this morning, which I'm very much looking forward to. He's got a new uh, new programme coming up on the television. So I can't wait to find out more. I'm just sort of looking at all these these lovely children going, we're not up at this time, are we, again? <laughs> Might not be, actually. Might not be. And um, and I was sort of thinking, you know, if I end up with two interviews today, which would be good, I've got Paul Carrick at nine o'clock. I'm hoping he's actually going to come in. Oh, they've turned the lights off outside there. It really annoys me. They keep turning the lights off in that blasted thing there. And I like it on because it frightens me. Because I, I'd said this yesterday. I was looking out the door and and it's... And it's dark, because we, we had a, a fault with the... Uh, with the th- That's better, thank you. And I like to see the light on, so I can see what, what's going on out there. If there's no light... I just waved an invisible door. I just waved like that, thinking somebody might be peering in. Is that a third time? It's so annoying, isn't it? You feel like putting a sticker over saying, don't turn it off. Very annoying. Very annoying. Uh, so, where are we going now? Uh, will your live show be on the LBC app? Um, I don't know, actually. I don't... No, apparently not. <laughs> uh, Wendy says there's a fab Italian deli in Old Compton Street and uh, Corto Italiano Deli in Church Street, says Livy. Oh, right. Well, that's where I'm going then. I know where it is. I know where it is. It's on the way down on the right hand side. Do you ever go in there and say, excuse me, do you have any of that bow tie thing? And they go, Easter actually called. You know, and I'm going to go, I know, but I can't pronounce it. I'm just ridiculous. Tesco are selling Bailey's Caramel Sensation Ice... ice sorry, I can't even speak. I'm so excited. Uh, they look like magnums. Apparently, they have to ask for ID because of the alcohol. Oh, God, nobody's ever asked me for ID. <laughs> It'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? We had that woman, didn't we? Was it a man or a woman? I think it was a woman, actually. It was about 70-something, and they wanted ID because it came up on the till. You know, are you over there? Don't be so stupid. Use your common sense, please. Former EastEnders star. That was donkeys years ago. Since then, she's snorted after Columbia up her nose. She's ruined her septum. Just basically been a waste of space. And uh, now, it's turned out, she's battling womb cancer. She said she was terrified that she would die like her good friend Jade Goody. I've only ever seen one picture of them together. I don't. Why do people all of a sudden be their good friends? Be their good friends? I mean, surely, you know. She says, when the doctor said you've got cancer, my thoughts turned to Jade, and I thought I don't want to die, so I have to fight it. Why do these people have to go to the paper? Well, just do it. Just do it. You've had every opportunity under the sun. Every opportunity. And also, she started advising other women. You don't know anything about it. You know, get people to go to doctors so people can get, you know, regular smear tests. She hadn't had one in years. So why are you telling other people? Why are you telling other people? Worry about yourself. Don't worry about other people, OK? But uh, they say she once had a £400 a day cocaine habit and apparently she'd been back on it again. And you think to yourself, well, you can't help people like that, can you? 
But uh, although strangely, she doesn't mention in this interview that she was taken to the hospital by her very good friend, Kerry Coctona, who apparently drove two and a half hours or something. To, why she didn't phone for an ambulance, I've got no idea. So no doubt you'll be seeing Daniela Westbrook on all television programmes talking about it because that's what the, uh, that's what the television programmes are interested in. They're interested in sensational stories and things that affect a lot of people. The bodyguard, the verdict, I can't tell you. Not allowed to get into trouble. A friend of mine's going to have great trouble, you know, sort of not talking about the bodyguards. <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? And Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, celebrates uh, a boozy birthday bash for his son, Patrick. He's 71. He went to the Oktoberfest. In, if you've never been to the Oktoberfest, it's great. I've never been because I don't do beer. But he went there. Heather was wearing a traditional Bavarian dress. It's called a dirndl. I don't know why they couldn't spell that for you. Perhaps I got a bit confused. And uh, after TV Wildlife hosts Michaela Strachan and Chris Packham were warned by bosses for constantly gigging on air, constantly giggling on air about um, great tits, things are now about to get a little bit worse because the forthcoming series of Autumn Watch will be filmed in New England, which is full of beavers. So we'll have every joke under the sun, won't we? Apparently, Michaela has insisted all their innuendo is accidental but then added there will be loads more when the programme's broadcast live from America. Well, that's what Chris Packham, who's 57 now, you'd think a 60-year-old bloke would, would know a little bit. He's very good 57, isn't he? I wouldn't have put him... I've just realised, actually, 57, that's near, near 60. I'd put him at, like, 40-something. That's what I thought. But anyway, he says, we always get told off afterwards. We've had a warning for pushing it, but we're trying to appeal to a broader audience. It's the BBC, darling. OK? Just don't mention beavers or great tits or crested tits, or blue tits in the winter, or anything else, OK? Just try and avoid that completely. Um, so there's more on um, the finale to The Bodyguard. I'm trying not to talk about it. Not easy. And then the man with a taser gun prompted a major security alert at Buckingham Palace. It turns out it was a key ring. It was a key ring. That was it. I mean, who on earth thought that was a taser? How big are key rings nowadays? I've got a big key ring. They're not that big. Goodness sake. Porsche has said they will stop producing diesels. I came through London the other day. What day was it? I can't remember. Must have been a day. And there was loads of Porsches, literally about 30 of them going round in a convoy. One after the other. I don't know why, actually. Jeff Brazier has, uh, has got married. And uh, he's 39. He said PR boss Kate had brought stability to his life. Bobby's 15 and Freddie 14. Uh, he told OK Magazine. Can't these people do anything without telling magazines? Obviously, he needs the money, I can well imagine. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. How do you give a golf club a new youthful image? And the answer is, I don't think you can. It's because young people turn up to golf clubs, and I don't know what age, um, you know, is, is classed as young now. I know if you, if you go down to Essex, that's actually quite popular. A lot of Essex boys like playing golf, and it's a, it's a good thing to do. Well, well, they always think it's a good thing to do. Never interested me in the slightest. But if, if you go to a normal golf club, it's full of old people sitting around because it, it becomes a little bit um, a little bit elite. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's the sort of place you go to, you go, oh, do you, do you play golf? Uh, your handicap? And I would go, no, I'm able-bodied, thank you. Because I've got no idea what they're talking about half the time. And I think it just becomes... And then some of them become... Become sort of like, you know, it's it's the bar. It's not actually... Play- is it raining? I think it rained last Tuesday. Are you playing today? No. What sort of house do you live in? Is it your own? OK. And, and worth how much? 600,000. OK. Much of a mortgage on it? Where, where do you go on holiday? OK, you, you can join our club. Because that's what it is, isn't it? That, that's how golf is. It's, it's a bit elitist. 
doesn't happen round my way. It makes no difference. I mean, I did knock the blade off the windmill once, and that was about as far as it went. But uh, you have to sort of... It's, they're not going to make it appeal to younger people. You know, you're only going to make it appeal to younger people if older people aren't there, because younger people want to talk to younger people. That's the way it is. They probably think it's some sort of pickup. Uh, Steve, you don't have to do the legwork. You can order bowtie pasta from Amazon. Can you? Oh, I say, I ordered some stuff from Amazon this morning and it arrived yesterday. I don't, you know, it's honestly, I mean, I'm, you know, I know people say, oh, it's dreadful, they don't pay tax and all the rest of it. But their service is very good. Very good. I bought something the other day because I had an X-hose. But unfortunately, after you've had an X-hose for a number of years, it starts tangling up. They're a bit of a pain. They really are. So I bought a new one because I've had some really good use out of it. And I'm debating whether to give it to the uh, to the poor cleaner. Mr. Pazino, he might want it. Although today, I hope he's hope he's listening. He might be. We don't need the ivy cutting back because somebody appears to have done it. We have this ivy that comes over over a huge wall, like a sort of a fifteen foot wall, and uh, and then Lynn phoned me the other day and she said the ivy's been cut. I said, "Does it?" So I had to go down and look, and um, and we thought we'd book Mr. Pazino to do it. Now whether he came and did it during the week, I've got no idea. And so now we haven't got the ivy being done, but I've had to send him text messages saying, don't cut the ivy. There is no ivy to cut. Waitrose sell two brands of dried farfalled and their own brand, essential waitrose. They do, oh, right. So it's too delicate to sell fresh soft, says John in Twickenham. Well, I didn't. I was in there the other day and I didn't see it at all. I'm going to go to the Italian deli in Church Street. Might have to be tomorrow. And uh, kneeling Carl Scholten. Yes, we also worry about whales in America. Thank you. There will be lots of double entrepreneurs. Why do they do it? Why do they do it? Is it because it's very immature? You know, the producer said it's very immature. <laughs> uh, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't do something like that on this show. That's, that's not what we would stoop to, ladies and gentlemen. I love Carl Pilkington. He drew the cartoons for his first few books and he's very talented. Not going to work on radio, is it? You know, would you like to do a drawing for me? I like that. <laughs> and um, so he, you should encourage him to do more. Well, there you go. Can't wait to hear your interview. He's very funny. Well, I'm looking forward to it as well. I look forward to all my interviews. Very much so. John Noakes made Blue Peter when I was young uh, and incredibly daring. He was valiant of his outdoor pursuits. He said in interview, he wasn't naturally daring, but became so in front of the cameras. He all but broke down. Uh, yes, he was on television. He was being interviewed, I think, by Terry Wogan, where they mentioned Shep. And uh, he, uh, he he broke down talking about the fact that, that Shepard died. And uh, I think that affected everybody because all of a sudden, you know, John became very human. He was always, you know, because of his, his age and because of that old-fashioned hairstyle he had, we we just thought he was, you know, one of one of us. We just thought he was, you know, nice. And uh, Andrew Anita, and Anita, 10-year anniversary today. Me and the wife are going to the... Blue Strawberry Restaurant in Essex. Plus, I'm just driving into work to start making Christmas cards for 2019. Oh, how lovely. I could, I, could, I could run a Christmas shop. I'd be quite happy running a Christmas shop. Anything with light. Or just lights. Just lights. That'd be great. Noreen, have a good journey to the brothers. We're just setting off to Gloucestershire to see our elderly friend. Always a nightmare getting to the M4 past Heathrow. It'll take us 90 minutes to go 20 or so miles. Oh, good grief. That's, you see, that's just so boring, isn't it? Sitting in cars. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. If I was a passenger in a car, I'd have to go to sleep. I would have to go to sleep. There is no way that I could stay awake for the journey. Oh, if I'm driving, I'm fine, but I cannot actually sort of... If somebody was driving me, I would be lying. I'd love a big car, big, big car, bigger than mine. And then I could lie down uh, on the back seat. And Diamond used to do that. 
Alan, her uh, driver, used to go and pick her up in Oxfordshire and he'd have some cushions on the back seat of the car. She'd lie down. She'd get in the car in her pyjamas. She was coming in to do the breakfast show at LBC and she'd go to sleep all the way out the motorway. I thought, how lovely. He, he would sit at the end of the drive, flash the, the lights. The boys would wake up, go and wake her up. I went to ten schools as an army child in Germany, Malaya and Kenya, as well as England. I had three teachers, a Miss Plum, a Mr Pitchfork and a Mr Barrel. It was actually shaped like one, Steve. I can only remember Miss Salt, Miss Pepper, Pedley. Oh, we had all sorts of names of people, but I can't remember any of them from my secondary modern school. I can't remember any of those at all. Picture of a manta ray diving into hell here, struggling to feed in a sea of man-made plastic waste. They don't know. They don't know what you know plastic waste is. But uh, now you can uh, find out. Uh, and also, Her Majesty's cousin in gay marriage. This is Lord Ivor Mountbatten. 55, given away by his... He, he had uh, married, and the rules have discovered he was gay, so he was given away by his ex-wife Penny as he exchanged vows with James Coyle, an airline cabin services director. Is that a trolley dolly? An airline cabin services director. That's got to be a trolley dolly. The, the groom's three daughters were also at the ceremony in a chapel on the family's Devon estate. Lord uh, Ivor was a cousin of Prince Philip, and his father was best man at the Queen's wedding in 1947. Ooh. There you go. They don't get many sort of outing gays, do you? Sort of within the the confines of the of the royal family. Uh, Sid Owen says he's praying for Daniela Westbrook as she fights cancer. As, I mean, to be honest with you, she's had everything under the sun, hasn't she? She literally has had everything. So let's wait and see what uh, happens here. But uh, her mum was diagnosed with the same condition when Danielle was 15. And uh, so uh, other celebrities took to social media to support her. She ends up with somebody called Vaz Blackwood and Chelsea Singh. I, I hate to be really embarrassing, but I've got no idea who they are. Not a clue. And happy birthday to Blue Peter. As it turns 60, they've got lovely pictures of all of them. Uh, presumably they were all posed. Let's have a quick look. There's quite a few who aren't on here, actually. In fact, there's loads who aren't on here. And uh, I expect to see all of them. 60 reasons to love the Blue Peter. Some of the... They've had 37... Host. Of course, you've ended up with Anthea Turner because there's nothing in her diary at all. And uh, one of them is called Andy. And that's all as far as I know. Peter Duncan looks great. And uh, Connie Huck looks great. There's a few others I haven't reckoned. Uh, Valerie Singleton always looks the same. Peter Purvis looks the same. And uh, a few other people. Janet Ellis, which is interesting, actually. The first uh, outside broadcast was in 1989, outside Carrickfergus Castle in Northern Ireland. Uh, the famous episode in which Lulu the elephant disgraced herself, wasn't live, but it was pre-recorded. So they <laughs> decided to run it. Bit odd, isn't it? And uh, and then Baby Daniel appeared on the programme, because they were a bit funny about things like that, weren't they? So they went, oh, that'll be, that'll be appropriate. We'll feature a baby. So all of a sudden we had bathing baby lessons and everything. Oh, very odd. Very peculiar. A coroner has called uh, for a ban on newly qualified drivers carrying passengers following a smash that killed two teenagers. Lifelong pals Sky Mitchell and Caitlin Huddleston, both 18, died when Sky's Toyota Yaris crashed into a van when she lost control on a bend. They shouldn't allow anybody who's just passed their driving test to take people in it for at least a year. At least a year. Cumbria's assistant coroner, Robert Chapman, is writing to the government to request graduated driving licences. Yes, I think some people should... I mean, I've seen some appalling driving. I've, I've driven behind drunk drivers, and they must be. They wander and wander. It's all over the place. Ruth Langsford uh, took part in the Alzheimer's Society 
Memorial Walk. She's she's fifty eight as well. Unbelievable, isn't it? These these sort of these these fifty somethings people. She's with her dog Maggie. She lost her dad Dennis to the uh, to the disease. She said she misses him every day. People do, people do. It's uh, it affects loads and loads of people. Uh, also, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer Mortimer have funded a film about Michael Jackson's white glove. I'd love to have talked to Michael Jackson. I wonder what you'd have talked about. I don't know. All sorts of things. All sorts of things. And um, here we go. Vic Hope is already exhausted. A week into Strictly. She gets up at 4.30 for her radio show. They've lifted this one from an interview that was done the other day. And uh, I did see her by the lift the other day. I said, how are you? She went tired. I thought, it is tiring. You get up at 4.30, come in to do a breakfast show. Admittedly, there's quite a number of people at the studio. It's not like you have to sort of, you know, sort of sit there. And, I mean, she, she, in theory, she could go to sleep for a little while, but, of course, she wouldn't do things like that. And uh, and then, of course, she's had all the uh, all the exhaustion of the rehearsals, and it is exhausting. It's, you know, everybody said exactly the same thing. They go, oh, isn't that great? And you go, no, it's really tiring. That's why some of them just give up, don't they? Uh, another one here, Martin in Shropshire, says, uh, don't buy from Amazon, go down the shops. Stop being lazy, all the shops will be shut for everyone, keeps using non-paying Amazon. We haven't got any shops. What, what, what sort of shops do you think we've got? They don't have any shops like that. And also, it's easy, isn't it? You go onto the internet, you go tick, 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 click here. Where would you like it sent to? Click. Do you want to pay this method? Click. That's it. It's done. Confirm the order. Next day it arrives. I, I've saved petrol. Have had to go on a bus. Have had to go outside to get blown away or anything like that. It's much, much better. Much better. Barclays are furious. Somebody from Barclays has said, "I don't believe all these PPI uh, claims that are going through. Billions have gone through." Uh, he reckons most of them are fraudulent. The Egyptian tramadol girl loses her appeal. She's got three years to do in prison. Shame it doesn't work the same over here, isn't it? Really. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Still to come, your opportunity to get up close to crocodiles. Crocodiles. I was going to say crocs, and then you get confused about the shoes, don't you? Uh, Neil says, forget Blue Peter, it's my birthday today. 48. I live in Holland Park, and yesterday morning I had some good stories about here. Do share. No. Uh, Steve, online shopping, and you don't have to mingle with the great unwashed, says John. That is true. It's just sometimes it's easy. If you're sitting in and you're watching something and you're warm and cosy and you think, can I be bothered putting clothes on and going out there to start, you know, shopping and wandering up and down the high street? The answer is no. I really can't. Uh, Tracy's a very worn out window dresser and she's now dressing 60 garlands today for our in-store Christmas decorations at the department store where I work. As you love Christmas so much, I was wondering if you'd like to help me. We can start on the Christmas windows afterwards. Oh, Christmas windows. Oh, how delightful. Christmas windows. Stop stop tempting me. 92 days to Christmas. It's, I mean, but to be honest with you, it's over and done with ever so quickly. The lead-up is actually longer than the actual, than the actual event. The event takes place and then finishes within a matter of uh, seconds. Uh, also, the allergy which uh, people have against certain things. There's a young girl here. Uh, she ate a pret baguette. 15 years old, they tried two anaphylactic pens because she went into shock and she died. I didn't realise it actually could kill people. I had no idea. How, how did we survive years ago? When people died, did they say, oh, it's because you're allergic to this, that and the other? I mean, I've got no idea how it works. But she was on a plane. They bought her a Pret, I think at Heathrow or something like that. There was obviously, was it not marked or something? Because people are supposed to have these things marked if it's got something in it, which meant... 
She was rushing. She didn't check the... Oh, Lord. I mean, that is just... I mean, it, it doesn't really get any worse, does it, for the parents? You can't say anything that's going to make the parents feel any better. Uh, and they did try two anaphylactic pens, but it was too late. So, because they also have to put on there, if it's been made in a place where nuts have been present or whatever it is you're allergic to, it becomes quite complicated. It really does. My, my friend Sean, he was, he was allergic to nuts, and they started putting it on two restaurant menus, saying, you know, this has been, this has contains nuts, this might have, I mean, even nuts have got, it may contain nuts written on it, just to make sure that people are, are well aware of what's, uh, what's sort of going on. Uh, Steve, we had a woodwork teacher called Mr Whitaker. And he used to throw pieces of wood at you if you weren't paying attention. He was wicked. Does that mean wicked bad or wicked good? Do you know an estimated one in a hundred people? This was sesame, which was baked into the baguette rather than contained in seeds on its crust, said Pret. They confirmed the products were not individually labelled with allergen or ingredient information. Instead, signs on shelves and at till points tell customers to speak to a manager who's trained to provide allergen advice. Why can't you just put the information on there? Surely that's what, what would you do? Oh, so can I buy the? Is the manager around? No, he's not in today. You know, there is the danger the manager might have sort of wandered off to go and do something. A Pret spokesperson said we take food allergies and how allergen information is provided to all our customers very seriously. We'll continue to do all we can to assist the coroner. Why wasn't it labelled? Why wasn't it labelled? I mean, this, this poor teenager here. So it was an artichoke, olive and tapenade baguette bought from the main Pret-a-Manger shop in Terminal 5, say the family solicitors. So the sesame was baked into the baguette rather than contained in seeds on the crust. Good Lord. So one in a hundred people have an allergy to sesame protein, according to the NHS. Reactions vary from rashes and swelling to breathing difficulties. But the products... Pret-a-Manger confirmed were not individually labelled with allergen or ingredient information. God, if you've got an allergy, that'd be the last place you'd be going to, isn't it? Far too dangerous. It's like Russian roulette. Really sad. Really, really sad. So this poor girl. So in other words, there are signs on shelves and till points telling customers to speak to a manager. And what, what language would they be written in? I only ask because I don't know what, what, uh, what nationality this particular girl is. But just supposing she was somebody who didn't speak English. And it's Heathrow Airport. Should it not be written in all the different languages? pret said they were deeply saddened. See, look, her, her name is, I mean, I don't think this girl's English, Natasha Ednan Laparus. I mean, she might not have read something. The, her father is the founder of Wow Toys. He says, as a family now of three, my wife, son and I are trying to adjust to life without our beloved girl. I can't, I, I also am terribly saddened to hear about that at all. They, they tried two EpiPen injections. Natasha from Fulham died within hours. I mean, it's a daily battle, says her father. I can well imagine, well imagine. But, I mean, you know, they should have things written on them. And it should be in different languages, shouldn't it? It's no good saying, oh, can you have a word with the manager? Because if you can't read that, just supposing, I don't know. If you can't read that, what's the point? You might as well say, you know, go and fly to the moon, circle it three times and everything will be fine. Jackie says, I ordered two sideboards from one shop and a table from another. They all arrived damaged. What happened to quality control? It's not so much quality control, it's delivering. It's delivering. I bought something years and years and years ago. It's a gold uh, Ormolu table. Quite a big one, actually, and I ordered it from John Lewis. Long, long time ago. I mean, more years than I care to remember. At least ten years ago. More than ten years. And when it arrived, the leg had broken. 
Unfortunately, the John Lewis thing pootled off down the drive as fast as possible. So I had to phone up the store and they then say, well, we'll send another one out and just swap them over. So I had to make sure that when the new one arrived, we opened the box to check it because it was very, quite, quite fragile, quite fragile. But uh, there you go. Uh, the new blood test, which could soon identify drivers who are too tired to be on the road. Because I see people in the early hours of the morning, people who are really tired and they go, oh. And you sit and, you, and I can imagine how easy it is to fall asleep. Also, uh, proud of the party is one question on the front of the Daily Mail today for Mr Corbyn. As a Jewish MP's police escort is photographed at the Labour conference. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? And so here she is on the front page, Luciana Berger, with her police escort the other day. And uh, a Jewish Labour MP was forced to rely on police protection as a colleague warned the anti-Semitism crisis could fuel the rise of Nazism in Britain. Ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, here's the wedding inside, if you like pictures of the royal family. Little Prince uh, George, as he steals the show. Uh, Charlotte wasn't impressed at all. She's got the miserable face on. And I didn't see Prince William there either, so obviously it was... Uh, they were all wearing bespoke outfits. And um, they all look very cute, actually, but it must have cost somebody an arm and a leg. But it's obviously a society wedding, I suspect, and they were page boy and page girl, which is very sweet. Um, Pret-a-Manger facing questions in the Daily Mail today, page five. Big feature on it, a daily battle for the family. And um, because Natasha, who's allergic to sesame, thought the baguette she bought was safe to eat because the ingredient was not listed on the packaging... She died. She collapsed and died on the flight. I mean, it's just absolutely dreadful. Let's wait and see what happens with that one. Uh, also inside, um, a, will Labour MPs really let Corbyn reduce the UK to ashes? There's a certain arrogance to Mr Corbyn that I can't quite put my finger on, but uh, we're not a political programme, so we let other people do that. Uh, also, style never ages, except in the case of poor Cheryl, who turned up to somebody's wedding the other day. Cheryl Tweed, Tweedy, Versace, Stag I can't remember what the name is anyway. Turned up in a totally inappropriate dress. Looked ridiculous. Completely overshadowed the bride. And uh, probably made her feel quite bad on her special day. Well, there you go. Uh, here's the Queen's cousin with his new husband. Looks like he could be a trolley dolly. We're not sure. But they, they give it a posher name now, don't they? And uh, picture, and he's, he's got daughters. They were all there. Everybody was very happy with it. Jane Fonda's admitted that having cosmetic surgery is a big regret of hers. She doesn't. She wished she'd never had it. Yeah, but you probably wouldn't look as good, dear. I mean, you do look particularly good, don't you? And then the Queen is out the other day. She was driving herself on the Bow Moral Estate, and so she saw a horse and she went over and fed it because she's a bit of a horse whisperer. Uh, the man with the taser held at the palace gates and the businesses paying for fake reviews on TripAdvisors. TripAdvisor. It's been claimed that as many as one in three reviews may be bogus, although TripAdvisor have said uh, different completely different. But, I mean, they don't know, do they? I mean, one was from an unnamed chain of cafes which ordered 20 five-star reviews for an outlet that suffered bad reviews and a boutique hotel in Wales asked for five reviews focusing on the venue's relaxed atmosphere and comfy sofas. So you have to be very careful. You have to take it all with a pinch of salt, don't you? I always think, actually, better if you ask somebody. You know, we're obviously going off to, to do this place. Have you ever, do you know anybody who's been there? Um, yeah, so-and-so stayed. What was it like? Rubbish. Uh, Cheryl's ridiculous dress, I mean, sort of thing they'd wear for perhaps funny girls up in Blackpool, but uh, very inappropriate. They call her a singer, but I don't think she's sang for ages and ages. And uh, she defied the autumn chill. Uh, she went to Claridge's. Somebody said, oh, you know, why don't you wear this thing, which makes you look like a plucked ostrich. 
And so she went, way eh? Because I'm worth it. And so off she goes. She's had her makeup done properly. And um, it's interesting. I mean, she's only been with uh, with little uh, Payne, Leanne Payne, a very short time, but they are splitting. So uh, and we've, we've seen the child once, so that's good news, isn't it, for everybody? And uh, dogs. Dog napping in all the papers today. Did you know that uh, one in five dogs is taken every day by professional thieves? They either thieve them to extort money out of people, uh, or failing that, the Scooby here, he's never been seen. He was stolen from his own home. Uh, how you can prevent your pet from being dognapped. One one uh, person here, Michelle, with her pug Snuggles, was missing for months. What people do, they either hold you to ransom, they say, we've got your dog, and if you want it back, you give us 500 quid. There are people out, that out there, believe it or not. Uh, or failing that, they actually nick them to breed from them. And you know what? You know, you should never, ever buy puppies on the Internet. Ever, ever, ever. The Polish midwife who didn't actually deliver a single baby because she can't speak English. And so they uh, they eventually go, I'm terribly sorry. This is just, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. So she resigned and then she took them to a tribunal because she was she can't speak English. What's the point? I'm sorry. This is England. We are in the right place, aren't we? And so even the uh, the sort of the case was heard all in Polish. Her English was so poor, so poor. English language tests for nurses were relaxed earlier this year after fears that too many arrivals were failing, leading to a drop in recruitment. One in every eight NHS staff is foreign, with 36% of doctors having gained their medical qualifications outside the UK. But fancy having the, the audacity to sort of, you know, take it to court so that she could... I mean, colossal waste of taxpayers' money. I mean, she's been suspended until her English improved. What's the point of her even being here? I'm sorry you're going to work in a hospital as a midwife. You need to speak the language, dear. Even you can't be that barking mad, can you, really? Um, 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 Lion, uh, Ryanair. I've never been Ryanair, but apparently they've called the long arm to the law over legroom. Apparently it's a bit... It's a, So Ryanair have decided to be nicer to their passengers. That'll be a first. That'll be a first. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20. So, the story of Ryanair is an interesting one. Here is um, a man who discovered that the budget airline has a mean streak. Uh, after being denied a seat with extra legroom that he paid £20 for, Bob Hamilton asked the cabin crew to waive his drinks bill to make up for it. It's only 17 quid. Uh, he's six foot two. He's 64. He always chose a seat with extra legroom, but when he boarded a flight from London Stansted to Malaga, he found somebody was sitting in his seat. So he buys the seat and then discovers somebody's sitting in it. So he asked the cabin crew why the man couldn't move to a vacant seat. A crew member told him the man was a Ryanair employee and Mr Hamilton would have to find somewhere else to sit due to safety reasons. <laughs> what? Every time you read something about Ryanair, you can't believe people are still flying with this place. Mr Hamilton's a retired former oil broker. He's got uh, homes in Peterborough and holiday home in Marbella and Budapest. He reluctantly agreed and uh, found a seat towards the rear of the plane. Shortly after takeoff, he ordered his cans of beer, two miniature plastic bottles of wine at a cost of 17 quid. His suggestion that the bill be waived because of the £20 he paid for an extra legroom seat that he didn't get was basically rejected. You can go whistle, mate. And he was told to claim it back online. Not very obliging, are they, the crew? Mr Hamilton refused to pay. On landing at Malaga, the police were waiting for him. 
<laughs> They're really so tight at Ryanair, they can't cope with this one. The police officers were very pleasant and were laughing about it. In the end, one of the crew came out to the air bridge with a card machine and I was forced to pay up. God, blimey, honestly. On his return, Mr Hamilton tried to get the £20 refund. Ryanair refused. According to Mr Hamilton, before eventually buckling and paying up. So you pay 20 quid to get a seat with extra legroom. They don't supply it, but they won't give you your money back. Eventually, they do. A Ryanair spokesman accused Mr Hamilton of becoming disruptive. How do they know? They weren't there. And said he was asked to move one row behind, forward, to seat 16A, another exit seat near the wing, which would have cost the same to reserve. Mr Hamilton said, this response is absolutely false. I was never offered 16A. Otherwise, why would he be, you know... Honestly. So glad I've not flown it. So glad. A second Swiss uh, canton is to introduce a burqa ban. 67% of voters back moves to prohibit face-covering garments in public spaces. And also, the couple who've been married 67 years. 67 years. This is Mary and Frank. She's 86. He's 91. They're at a, a care home. And uh, they've had to sell their house because they're, they're doing well. They're doing very well. And uh, this has got to cover the cost of the care home they moved into in March. But the money will soon run out. And Solihull Council says it will then only pay for the care of Mrs Springett, 86. It means that the couple could be forced to live apart, which their family say would leave them devastated. Mr Springett, a 91-year-old former factory worker, has arthritis and the muscle stiffness condition... Uh, polymalgia, uh, polymalgia rheumatism. He's almost totally deaf. His wife has severe Alzheimer's. Their daughter says, we fear if they're torn apart, the strain will kill them. They met in 1949. They lived independently in their own home until March, when caring for Mrs Springett became too much for a husband. So they then moved to Cedar Lodge Care Home. As homeowners, they were liable to pay their... How much do you think their care fees were? 8000 a month. £96,000 a year. What are they doing? Eating gold or something? Bloody hell. So they sold their house in Henley in Arden, 156000 With the proceeds now running low, Mrs Down says social services told the family her parents would be moved to different homes, separating them for the first time in 70 years. She said it would devastate my mum. Her Alzheimer's is getting worse. Her husband needs a walking frame. His hands are so swollen due to arthritis that he needs help with basic tasks. While Solihull Council has offered to contribute towards Mrs Springett's £970 a week care, they're only sleeping in a bed, aren't they? Good God in heaven. But the husband, whose fees are £925, is able to look after himself. Mrs Downs said they'll pay £500 a week towards my mum's care, but we need to pay a top-up. 475 a week, but, they say, Mr Springett can live in a flat in the community with carers coming in. So the family are keeping the funding row a bit secret from the family. She says, I don't know what we'll do when the money runs out. So they made three appeals to social services, but said all concluded their parents should be separated. What? I mean, I hate to use rude words. What a bloody disgrace. The family are now taking their case to an ombudsman because under England's care system, the elderly have to pay the full cost of their care down to their last £23,500. Patients with complex, severe or unpredictable needs can receive funding through what's called NHS Continuing Health Care. Solihull Council, boo, hiss, said it understood and respected the desire of couples to stay together in care. No, you don't. 
A spokesman said, In some situations, people decide to fund themselves and we do our best to make them and their family aware of the financial implications. We'd be happy to meet in person with the family to explain things further. Basically, you're not coming up with it, are you? That's what it sounds like to me. Dreadful. Dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. What horrible people at Solihull Council. I mean, you could always ask the council to review the care funding being offered. You know, that would be handy. Because they'll look for any any reason not to actually give you the final, the full amount. So let's kick Solihull Council where it hurts, shall we? What a horrible thing to say. I'd be more than happy to sit down and explain it to him. We're splitting your parents up. Producer's grandmother's affected by this. She's 90 today. And uh, and she doesn't she doesn't actually know who the producer is. Mind you, I've worked with him for ages. I don't know who he is either. So nothing new in a ninety year old. You know, even at my age, forty plus. <coughs> you know that kind of thing, isn't it? Uh, still to come. Do not uh, do not panic any further. Crocodiles, crocodiles on a long holiday. How do you fancy that? Oh, lovely. Do you know that four cups of tea a day? can stave off heart disease. Thank God for that. <laughs> I'm doing currently at least at least four cups of tea a day. At least four cups of tea a day. So it's lovely tea in uh, in Global. Very nice. Oh, Angus Sky Sports users. £24 bill rise. You're going to pay for it. They've just... Some, some company have just spent £30 billion buying Sky. They, they want it back. And so you'll be paying for it. It's going to be very embarrassing, isn't it? Very embarrassing. There's... um. Horrid picture today in the paper. You won't like it. It's of um, of Ricky Hayden. Uh, Ricky Hayden is uh, is dead. He uh, opened the front door to find some people trying to steal his brother's scooter, and um, they w- w- when he tried to stop them, they attacked him with a machete. He was taken to hospital and he he died. The image has been released by his mother, Suzanne. And she says, I just didn't go asking for this. I was just thrust into this nightmare. She's an anti-knife campaigner. Been working with major retailers to try and make it stop. I wish there was an answer to it, Suzanne. I wish there was. There really isn't. And it's a terrible, terrible situation. Um, She says, if I can stop one youth from being murdered, I'll be happy. But uh, you look at him and you think, he didn't know when he opened that front door that his life was going to end that day. And that's so sad. So sad. And she says, outrage over only 71 ch- chain charges in five years for selling knives to kids. There was one shop just been fined 480,000 quid for selling knives to children. What are they, dumb? The answer is yes. Absolutely dumb, dumb, dumb. Celebrating my uh, birthday today. I have an allergy to nuts. Been admitted twice to hospital, says Terry. Uh, my girlfriend always reminds me to take my pen when eating out to be on the safe side. Yes. And there should be a picture Icon of the foods, which could be used as a universal code, says Mina. This was the story of the 15-year-old girl. Pret didn't uh, label it. They just put a sign up saying, ask to speak to the manager. Well, I mean, I don't know whether or not Pret are aware of how this works, but when I go in, I don't look around for signs going, do I need to speak to somebody before I buy this? I should be able to look at it. And there should be, there were no ingredients on there. You know, not good. But of course they go, oh, we're, we're terribly sorry. I'm sure you are. Somebody's died. A 15-year-old girl is dead because there was no labelling. Just a, a little notice, apparently, sort of saying, you know, contact the manager if you want to know more about it. She's 15 years old. 15 years old. I bet they, they've changed them now at Heathrow Terminal 5. They won't be doing the same thing. Ryanair are poor, says Ian. They say a flight will take longer than it will, so if they're delayed, they can say they're on time. <laughs> it says the cabin crew aren't much to look at. The girls wear far too much makeup, and the boys do too. 
dear, surely not. This myth about trolley dollies being as camp as Christmas trees. I mean, really. David says the ingredients should definitely be on the packaging. But if you know you have an allergy that severely, why on earth would you trust something pre-packaged? I don't know. Because it, perhaps it used to say it on there. I don't know. Whatever it is. A 15-year-old girl is not with her family, which is exactly where she's supposed to be. Uh, NHS, don't worry about preservatives and eye drops these days. And if they are single dose, they can contain preservatives. Yes. Um, uh, somebody says here, if the nurse can't speak English, how did she pass an interview and who gave her the job? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I don't, I don't have an answer to, uh, to that one at all, but it, it's not good. Surely medical professionals, says Dallas, should be fluent in English, so they can not only understand what the patients are telling them, but also correctly read instructions on meds, dosage, different drips. Lives are literally at stake. I know. And then the audacity of this person, sort of saying, well, you know, I feel as though I've been sort of slighted, so I wanted to take it to a tribunal. Unfair dismissal, although she resigned herself. Not not promising. Is Robbie Williams wearing Tommy Bahama shirt, says Alan in Garstang? I don't know. I don't know. I just he stood up the other day. He's been past it now. Yeah, it's very sweet to see him there, but he is he is a little bit past it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning everybody, twenty five to seven. Nick Ferrari with you at seven o'clock this morning with breakfast on LBC. The Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell will join Nick live from the Labour Party's conference in Liverpool. Also asking you, if Labour members are right to suggest backing a second EU referendum. He'll bring you the latest on why police forces don't have enough time to investigate burglaries, Comcast's huge sky takeover, and ask if companies should give some of their profits to employees. That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. Uh, another one here, colourful Tory MP, that's one description of him, Michael Fabricant is pinning hopes on further TV stardom after being signed up to appear in a new show involving celebrity barrister Judge Rinder. I mean, God. (laughs) Celebrity barrister. Uh, Looking forward to taking part in a TV pilot with Robert Rinder in the coming weeks. Michael Fabricant eagerly reveals it'll be wild. Michael Fabricant is 68. He's previously appeared on Channel 4's Celebrity First Dates. This occasion proved a little bit awkward when his date suggested he might actually be wearing a toupee. It's a wig, isn't it? Of course it's a wig, honestly. You'd have to be blind if you couldn't see that one. Poor old Michael Fabricant. How delusional do you have to be? Why can't these people just concentrate? I suppose they sort of go, oh, you know, I want to be a celebrity. But unfortunately, everybody's going to be, you know, they're just going to be laughing at the hair. That's all it comes down to, isn't it? When families source care homes independently, these sometimes means they're sourcing homes that aren't on council's framework. Often these homes vastly exceed a council's agreed funding rate. 8,000 a month for two people who are, who are you know, really not... Oh, it's terrible. A bit like a young person expecting to rent a penthouse whilst they're working and then expecting a local council housing department to fund the penthouse if they lost their job, says Greg. Obviously, a council wouldn't do it. Steve, my mum's 93 and has spent over £285,000 from sale of a bungalow, is in a wheelchair, has dementia... <laughs> Pardon me, dementia can't speak and the council have told us she'll not be getting funding to meet the shortfall in fees. Professionals have recommended mum for funding, but the panel say no. I'd like to meet these people, says Linda and Epsom. God, nice to have 285,000. That's what people have to do. In some parts of the country, you know, you, 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 can't, you can't do that kind of thing you, because there aren't the house prices there. It's only going to be down in London, where, you know, if you've got an old house, something like that, it could be worth half a million easily. But these care homes swallow it up. They don't seem to offer good value at all. All you're doing is 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 having a bedroom 
which either has got one or two people in it. So you've got beds and shit. What else is there to do? What else is there to do? Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Can't believe how many vastly overweight people there are on X Factor, says Jackie. <laughs> oh, dear, honestly. And uh, I had a terrible experience in Ikea, says Angela. When I asked if the meatballs had nuts, the lady said, probably not. When I pressed her, she rolled her eyes as if I was being a bit difficult. Well, I'd do that as well. The manager came and he suggested I eat elsewhere. I couldn't believe it. Not what you expect from a big... Well, you should write to them and say, listen, I have an allergy. And that's it. I mean, it might be a true story. It might be a, might be a fake story. But what, says Anne in Hull, is this country coming to? We've sent aid to countries, but for the elderly, who may have given much during their lifetime, like working and wars, we force them to sell their homes and pay for care fees. Yeah, we actually send money abroad. Millions, millions and millions and millions. When these are very rich company, very rich countries. Very rich countries. Ridiculous, isn't it? Tell us about, says Mark, you complaining to John Lewis in Kingston about their service. I just did it on the show. You a bit dim. I suspect you could be a little bit dim. He says, did you really play the old you-know-who-I-am card when you phoned the directors? Why would I phone the directors? <laughs> you, you're in another planet. I gather they're going to send you a pile of goodies. No, they're not. Don't be so stupid, honestly. And um, Jackie was talking about uh, X Factor. I did catch a little bit of X Factor the other day. Only a little bit. And to be honest with you, that was about as much as I wanted because they, they bring them all in and then they bring the people onto the stage and I look at them and going. I mean, they had some girl from Malta. I think it was Malta. And she was 15. And I thought, so we've run out of people in this country already. It's just filling it up, isn't it, really, with a bunch of sort of deadbeats. I mean, she was OK, slightly peculiar at 15, but there you go. And her parents were there. And then they had the woman who was sort of a busker and she had two cats. She wasn't the full ticket. Read the care home fees. Whatever you sell your property for, they'll take all the money until you get down to 23000 in the bank. Then it's paid for by the state from then onwards. So if the property was only worth, say, 85000 that person would only pay 50000 from the property value towards care fees. They can also take things like pensions towards care costs. Because a lot of people don't have it. If you just had a normal job, a lot of elderly people don't own their own property. So they're, they're, they're starting from a base of, of zero. But, you know, some people, they might have big things. But they've all got families. Surely families can help. We don't seem to want to help families anymore, do we? I don't know why. In the case of the producer's 90-year-old grandmother, they've had 100000 in property costs so far. I don't understand why it's so expensive. She's been there two and a half years. Oh, Lord. I know a friend of mine, I won't tell you who it is, but he, both his, his parents were incredibly old. And so he took the decision to put them into a care home. And it's expensive, but it's being financed by the uh, the cost of the flat, which is being rented out. Uh, luckily, thought of, his father died, so they saved that money. But his mother is still living and shows no sign of slowing down whatsoever. And, uh, and he said, it's quite a worry because it's a lot of money. I mean, how you justify £8,000 a month, £4,000 each, £4,000. I mean, all it is, it's, it's, I mean, it would be cheaper to go on a cruise and stay on a cruise. You know, for £4,000 a week, they'll give you all your food. They'll make up the bed. You just go round the world. Just keep going round the world. Just keep. That's why a lot of pensioners go to Spain, because you can get three-month holidays really cheaply. You know, and of course, if you're actually on a ship and you need medication, they've got little hospitals on ships now. They've got doctors and stuff like that. There's a thought, isn't it? I spoke to somebody the other day, actually, Norman Brennan, who you've probably heard on LBC a few times. He was, he was recommending that we all book for Prezos down at Salisbury to prove to them that, you know, we, we, we like them and all the rest of it, because they've lost thousands. 
after the allegations that the two people were poisoned there, although the uh, the NHS say uh, there was no evidence of this whatsoever. But uh, the woman's sticking to a story, the uh, the bloke, not too sure. But uh, he says, why, why don't we all go to Salisbury? Well, that's what they're appealing for in the papers today, people to come back to Salisbury. Because, you know, people get frightened, people stay away from places, and it's uh, it's difficult. It's 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 very difficult. But, you know, you should go down there. We should all book into Prezzo, shouldn't we? Book an overnight stay. It's a lovely place to walk around. It really is. Cathedral's lovely. Ian says, I always tell the staff at McDonald's I'm allergic to gherkin, so they don't put it in. If they do by mistake, I kick up a fuss. That's a bit stupid, isn't it? Why would you just not tell them I'm allergic to... Also, why are you going in there if you're allergic to gherkin? That's what they put. Can't just take a gherkin out. That would be ridiculous. Sorry? He just doesn't like McDonald's, does he, really? That is. How peculiar, honestly. I don't like gherkins. Take them out. <laughs> I'm sorry if I was serving you. Go somewhere else, silly boy. Ridiculous. Allergic to gherkins. Of course you're not allergic to gherkins. Nobody's allergic to a gherkin. They're just deeply uninteresting. And the British... Because it's only the Americans who like the gherkins... Whereas the British go, oh, I don't like the gherkins. I always have it plain. But, uh, and so if inadvertently it's left in there, I mean, what does it do to you? Does it sort of kill you? Do you keel over and go, or something like that, just because you've had a bit of gherkin in there? What do you do? Do you lift up the top of the bun and peer in? Very pernickety. Very pernickety. Uh, what else we got? Oh, I've got the crocodiles coming up in, in a moment. Uh, plus, uh, the Queen has to re-record her speech after it's spoiled by chirrups. Uh, she was uh, had to re-record the whole Christmas message. She's known as One Take Windsor. I'm known as One Take Steve. Roughly the same kind of thing. And uh, so it's uh, an insight into the Queen's life and uh, in a documentary to be shown on ITV at 9.15. She's shown, shown responding to a member of the production team who has the unenviable task of asking her to redo the speech just after she'd finished. Excuse me. Uh, could I just ask, the sound recordist begins hesitantly, because there was a sort of bird noise outside. Is it possible to just redo from the top? The Queen says, from the top of the second page? No, from, from the very start. You can imagine, can't you? If possible. I mean, I know, he says, and the Queen giggles and gets a, a relieved thank you. She's, she's quite approachable. I mean, there are some things. She doesn't suffer idiots, gladly. I've seen that on some of her interviews, where she's sort of looked around and going, yeah. And she'll just give short answers if she doesn't want to answer it. But there again, why should she have to? She's over 90. She's still at Balmoral, uh, enjoying the uh, the last days. Then she uh, returns to Buckingham Palace. She must get there and go, bloody cold, put the heating on. Freezing cold out there, which is... Yeah, could I record that bit again? <clears throat> oh, about the Queen re-recording it. So the Queen has had to... Re it's going to be in this documentary. The other, I mean, personally, I couldn't care less. Seriously not bothered at all about it. I always imagine that she did it in one, and if somebody said, can you do it again? She'd no. But, of course, she wants it to be perfect. She's been doing it for long enough. She's, she's already re-read it and read it. In every, I think she's great. I love her. I love her. rest of them I'm not particularly bothered about. Uh, Corbyn is totally unfit for the office of Prime Minister, says Leo McKinstry. And the pharmacist from Birmingham. That's what I am. An ISIS suspect tells captors. Doesn't look like a pharmacist from Birmingham, but then I don't know what pharmacists look like from Birmingham. And uh, cleaners could be given key worker status alongside nurses, teachers and police. Sevenoaks Council in Kent said it's 30,000 residents, where the average home is worth more than 680,000, needed more cleaners on hand. They couldn't afford to live locally. Wow. Because most cleaners have got lots of different jobs, haven't they? They've got about three or four jobs that they're running. How they manage it, I've got no idea. But they do. And uh, Joanna Lumley, recalling being unveiled as the star of the new Avengers in the 1970s, she claimed photographers were adamant she flashed her stockings. Ooh. 
A flash of stockings was something shocking, they used to say. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Well, as you know, we've had some very interesting competitions on the programme, which are still running. We've done New York. Uh, we've done Mexico. We've done a car. All still running till October the s- end of next week. End of next week. And I've got another one for you today. Globals make some noise for those who don't get heard. This is LBC. And this morning, thanks to travel planners and experience Kissimmee, LBC is giving you and three guests the chance to win an unforgettable holiday to Kissimmee, Florida. You'll fly with Virgin Atlantic and spend ten nights in a luxury self-catered town home at the five-star Champions Gate Billion Dollar Resort in Kissimmee, in Florida. Spend lazy days in a cabana by any of the three pools or enjoy endless activities at the resort's splash park, movie theatre, games room, tennis and volleyball courts. You won't be short of places to visit, so you'll have a hire car for the duration of your trip, thanks to Dollar Car Hire. We're sending you to Orlando's only airboat and alligator adventure park, Wild Florida Airboats will host you for a close-up croc encounter deep into the swamps, the marshes and the rivers at the headwaters of the Everglades. And that's not all. You'll visit the mind-blowing Kennedy Space Centre complex where you can enjoy the full perks of a space pass, including lunch with an astronaut truly out of this world. And for your chance to win the ultimate holiday for four people... In Florida, you text Florida, F-L-O-R-I-D-A, Florida, and send it to 84850. There's a voluntary donation of just £3 from every text, which goes straight to the charity, makes some noise, which is helping to change young people's lives. More than 55,000 at the moment. You've got until midday on the 5th of October to enter. Keep the phone handy. We could be calling you. Standard network rates apply. You need to be 18 or over. You're playing across all participating radio stations and regions. Rules and date restrictions are at lbc.co.uk. So why not go for this one? It's a holiday for four people, including lunch with an astronaut and everything. This just sounds super. And the alligators. You text FLORIDA, F-L-O-R-I-D-A, FLORIDA, and send it to 84850. That really is... A nice holiday. And just remember, it could be you. Thank you. So text FLORIDA to 84850 to be in with a chance of uh, what could be your dream holiday for next year. That'd be lovely. Thanks to travel planners and experience Kissimmee. So ten nights... For four people, car hire thrown in, everything. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. Want to take me with you? I could squeeze into luggage, I should imagine. I'm not allowed to go. I can't go. I'm not allowed to go. Isn't that outrageous? Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Very nice. Uh, Starting a new job today, says Jane. Wish me luck. Walk the dogs, listening to you. And then somebody says, is there still a cat killer? Somebody said it was a fox. Yeah, they've said it's fox. I mean, it's obviously not the same fox unless he's driving a car, but it's, it certainly could be very likely that it's, it's foxes. I don't know why it's been going on for ages now. Free 
NHS care homes are better than the private ones, says Jackie. And then Steve, my wife and I don't own properties, so if we need care, what do we do? Well, actually, you're in a better position than anybody. You can, you, you will be funded and you can have up to £23,000 in your bank account. Can't have any more, but you can have up to £23,000. And uh, I'm not sure, I, I sort of, I was sort of inquiring, but I can't find the answer yet. If you put that money into a high interest account, could you then get that money in and then spend the little bit of interest, little bit of interest that you might get at the end of each month or year? Uh, but as long as it's £23,000, you don't need to worry. You're in a much better position than a lot of other people. So that's good. And uh, Jackie says the people paying for their care pay more than the people not as they're paying towards their care as well. Yes. But uh, better not to have it, actually, in the first place. Ridiculous. You'd never believe that, would you, really? Listen, uh, just about it. Front pages of the uh, the papers. Bodyguard. I'm not allowed to say anything about it. I think I've done quite well. Actually holding myself back. Man with taser gun seized at palace entrance. It was a key ring. You'd think by now we'd learn to identify things. Uh, Cheryl's wedding outfit upstaging the bride. She looks like a... A rather badly plucked ostrich, I'm afraid. A most ridiculous outfit for wearing. Claridge's must have been wetting themselves laughing when this one turns up here. Front page of the uh, the Daily Mail. So were you blown away? That's the bodyguard. I'm not, I'm not allowed to talk about it, so please don't ask me. Uh, proud of your party, Mr Corbyn, as a Jewish MP's police escort is pictured at Labour conference. Uh, the Mail. Bodyguard. The, it's, it's everywhere. But I've admitted I've been quite good. I've been good. Uh, also, uh, John McDonnell yesterday vowed to topple Theresa May and spark a Labour revolution that will undo all the damage of her cruel regime. The Sun this morning, uh, inside today, hands of peace. Secret plans to invite Germany's president to the Cenotaph can be revealed. This is for the 100th anniversary at the end of World War One. George on the march, little George. He went off to a, a wedding the other day. Daddy didn't go. Daddy obviously far too busy. Other things. And Simon Cowell pulled out as best man at a friend's wedding, sparking fears among pals. They got Bradley Walsh. I would think that would be just as good. Just as good. We like Bradley Walsh a lot. Daily Star, what a cop-out. Sarge puts himself on court charge list. And uh, Catherine Tilsley, the ever-attention-seeking. Look at me, look at me, look at me. She's managed to get herself into one of those Littlewoods catalogues. Very exciting. Uh, Danny Dyer appears as a, a gree... A, a greasy teen rent boy in its first ever role in a TV drama, Prime Suspect, from a long time ago. And so they've dredged that one up now. Uh, the Guardian, uh, juries convict less than a third of young men prosecuted for rape. The Times, the cool and good university guide, best places for teaching, student life and jobs. Firms forced to give workers shares under plans by Labour. Uh, golf clubs in drive for a healthy new image. And finally, the Daily Telegraph, the bodyguard finale, say anything. Uh, Fashion Noir is on the front page. And Iran walls of deadly vengeance for attack. And those are some of the stories on the front pages of the papers today. Before I go, time to let you know what's coming up on my free podcast for today. On the little bit extra, I'll be telling you everything that happened on the bodyguard last night. No, don't worry, that just makes the producer panic a little bit. You'll also find out about the latest cabal of Z-listers selling details of their wedding to trashy magazines. You know they love each other so much when they need the cash and they have to cash in for the big day. Plus an LBC exclusive. The only place you'll hear a secretly recorded clip of the TOWIE cast, including the GC and some bimbo called Shelby. My little bit extra is totally free and is available very shortly from wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you download the LBC app. As well as listening to LBC wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all the other programmes from last week for free 
on the catch-up feature. What you do is you download the LBC app for iPhone or Android and tap on catch-up. Simple as that. Coming up at 10 o'clock this morning, it's James O'Brien. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning at four. Have yourself a great day and just remember, be nice to each other. Next, with breakfast this morning on LBC, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.